Barton Maths Podcast with me, Craig Barton, a show where I interview people who interest and inspire me from the world of education. This time around, I spoke to Bernie Westercott. Now, this is a podcast episode with a difference. In fact, it's a world first for the Mr. Barton Maths Podcast because it is coming at you in not one, but two formats. There is the usual audio version, which I assume you're listening to now, but this podcast was also filmed and hence is available to watch via my YouTube channel and you can find the links to those videos in the podcast show notes. Now, why the video, I hear you ask? Is it because you'd bought a nice new white shirt that you wanted to show off? Partly, but mainly because the focus of this particular episode is on teaching mathematics in a visual way, via the use of manipulatives and other representations. Regular listeners of the Mr. Barton Maths Podcast will know that this is an area of maths teaching that I've been wanting to dig into for quite some time, and Bernie Westercott turned out to be the perfect man to educate me. Now, whilst visual mathematics naturally suggests a video medium, I've tried my very best to describe what is going on so it will make as much sense as possible to those of you listening in audio format. So my advice is to give the episode a listen first as you usually would, and then if there are bits that you want to watch, and hopefully there will be, then head over to the podcast show notes page where you'll find links to the specific sections of the interview for your viewing pleasure. Well, I hope it's pleasurable anyway. So, what did we cover in this special episode? Well, quite a bit. I asked Bernie what his favourite failure was and what he learned from the experience. Has Bernie always taught mathematics in this visual way and where did that inspiration first come from? And then my favourite bit of the entire episode, and indeed, one of my favourite bits of all the interviews I've ever done. Bernie demonstrates how he approaches three different mathematics topics in visual ways. We start off with the very beginnings of number with early year students. Then we start to move into the minefield that it is that is negative numbers. And finally, and this is something that uh, I hinted about in uh, one of the maths conference takeaways when I first saw Bernie, Bernie demonstrates how he would teach simultaneous equations to six-year-olds. Yeah, not 16-year-olds, six-year-olds. During these demonstrations, all the equipment that I am shamefully clueless about comes out, including, I'm going to make sure I say this right, wreck and wreck, counters, some weird rectangles with holes in them, as well as representing these concepts using nothing more than pen and paper. And finally, Bernie answers some general questions about teaching in this way before reflecting on some of the key lessons he's learnt over the course of his long and distinguished careers. Now, I'll tell you what, I have learnt some things over three years of doing this podcast, and I have come away with, God, mountains of things to think about, but none more so than this interview. I've also rarely been more out of my depth, as you will see and hear. It was, anyway, it was an absolute privilege to watch a master such as Bernie at work. This is really is an experimental format for this podcast, and I'd be dead interested to know if you like it, and if you'd like me to try more episodes like this in the future. I'd certainly be up for it, but if it's just me, my mum, and my wife watching this video, and two of those people will be doing so under duress, then I probably won't bother. 
And a huge thank you to Bernie, to Mark McCourt, and to Derry and Louise and the team at OUP for making this episode happen. I had an absolute ball. Anyway, I will deprive you no longer. Whatever format you're listening to this in or watching it, I really hope you enjoy this one. And as ever, I will see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Mr. Barton Maths Podcast. Because for the first time in history, this is actually going out in two formats. So we've got the usual audio, but we're going mental here. We're also doing a video version of this podcast. And if you're listening in audio, there'll be a link to the video in the show notes. Now, how has this come about, I hear you asking? Well, this is all thanks to our mutual friend, Mark McCourt, who I'm calling the deal maker in this, who set me up with OUP and has managed to convince my guest today, Bernie Westcott, to come and record the most visual podcast ever. So, welcome, Bernie. Thank you very much, Craig. Good to be here. I'm absolutely delighted to have you here. And for the benefit of the listeners, I'm going to have to describe the scene that's in front of me here. So, we're in the wonderful surroundings of, of the OUP offices. And I've been chatting on this podcast for ages about how I need to get into manipulatives. I don't understand manipulatives. I've never used them. People are telling me they're absolutely brilliant. But I feel I've got a step too far here because I'm, I'm surrounded by the flipping things. And, and the problem is, I don't really know what I'm looking at. So I'm going to describe what, what's in front of me. And Bernie, just correct me if I've got any of these yep. names right. Yep. Cuisinaire rods. Am I saying? Firstly, am I saying that right? Correct. Okay. I've <laughs> clocked those. I'm nervous about them already because I don't know what to do with those. I've got some things here which are kind of tiles with kind of circles in them. And they're kind of like Jenga pieces. Now, what, what are you calling these? N they're Numicon. Numicon, God, all right, okay, so I've got those. I've got what looks like some kind of magician's setup here. I've got some cups, plastic cups, red and blue, with some white cubes. Yep. God only knows what's going to happen with those <laughs> later on. I've got what looks like a kind of ice scraper for a, a car with a grid on it and some discs. So that's the 10 frame. 10 frame, yep. okay, fine, perfect. Now, <laughs> I've got what looks like an abacus in kind of a triangular prism shape here. Yep. Is it an abacus? It's or? a wreck and wreck. A wreck oh. and wreck, which is Dutch. Oh, God. Which Re apparently stands for, I thought it was rack and rack, but it's uh, reckon to do arithmetic, wreck, so you do arithmetic on a rack. Jeez, wreck. Or two wrecks, to be precise. Oh, God. Right, okay, so no doubt that's coming into play at some point. Um, and then I've also got some discs in front of me, circular discs that have got ones on one side, but if I have a cheeky look on the other side, they've got a negative one on yep, the other side. Yeah, that's correct. So, so something's going to happen here. We've got a load of paper, we've got pens, anything could happen here. But, Absolutely, and probably will. <laughs> but before we dive into it, just the usual start, some math speed dating questions, Bernie. So, okay. question one, what is your favourite number and why? 91. 91. Uh, it's a prime number, and whenever you ask primary kids, can you list all the prime numbers between in the 90s for me, they'll always put 91 down as one of the prime numbers. Ah. They just don't see that, it, that it's, it's got factors. So it's an interesting number because if you ask them then, so what are 12 sevens, and they'll say 84, so what are 13 sevens, and they go, oh. Ah. So it's one of my favourite ones. And because I was coming on here and had to think about better reasons than that, <laughs> it was that I realized that it was the product of 7 and 13. And 7 is considered a lucky number, and 13 is considered an unlucky number. Nice. So that's a nice, interesting thing about it. Uh, if you multiply 9 and 1, you get 9, which is a square number. 
If you turn 19 upside down, 91 upside down, yeah. you'll get 16, which is also a square number. So it's got lots of little things playing uh, things, particularly for playing with young children. It's a nice number. I think we might have peaked there, Bernie. That's probably <laughs> the best <laughs> answer. Let's, let's stop there. Let's quit. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Uh, question number two. What was your favourite topic in maths as a student? Yes, I didn't have a favourite topic in maths because I really didn't like maths at all. Now, is that true? Just no, I'm absolutely true. Um, I'm heavily dyslexic, as we discussed. And when I was being taught maths in the 50s and 60s, everything was by rote. Um, and so I can't learn by rote. So I could continue to ask the, the teacher, but why do you do that? Mm. And uh, I was continually ducking blackboard dusters <laughs> coming my way because they, they didn't want to answer that question. I, I don't think they actually could. So they found that very annoying. So, yeah, not really great. I think later on, uh, I, I love calculus because it was so esoteric and different yes. to everything. But because of my love of maths and not working very hard, although I, I loved it, I mostly spent uh, my A-level career copying from Nick Frayling. Um, so thanks, Nick, if you're still there. <laughs> uh, so it, me and maths weren't really great at school. How come you did it at A-level? Um, because I didn't want to go out to work, so I stayed ah. on at school. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not your typical sort of academic uh, elite guy here. Oh, that's fast, that's <laughs> fascinating. Well, we might dig into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, and final question for you. Um, if you weren't involved in teaching and maths education, what would you like to be doing? Uh, probably music. Um, I've got a studio at home. You've seen a picture of oh, that. Oh, yeah, flipping um, out. You have, haven't you? Really into it. I've done it all my life, but I discovered early on that I could earn money doing teaching, but there was no way I was ever going to earn money uh, doing music. So I've kept it as a hobby. I did, in fact, sing in a band that was in Dover Street Wine Bar uh, near the Ritz until, until not so long ago. Jeez. But um, I realised that uh, teaching was my, what I was really in love with and music I was in love with, but there was never going to be a career in that. I'll tell you what, I reckon I could put together a good band from former podcast guests here. Because you've got <laughs> Mark you, McCourt Mark McCourt, Tom Sherrington, Dylan William used to be in like a rock band oh, as well. Really? So oh, okay. maybe I'll look for that. Yeah, look into that. A little concert maybe. Yeah, we, some yeah, yeah I'm up for that. That'd Absolutely. Fantastic. Right, well, we, we need to dig into your career then, Bernie, because it, it's all kicking off with this. So you, talk me through it. Pick it up from wherever you want and, it, and take me through to where you are It's now. not so much a career as a series of strange lucky coincidences, right. really. Um, I, I passed 11 plus, I got to grammar school, um, but I was heavily dyslexic. I didn't like school. I didn't really work very hard. Um, got onto A-levels, didn't really work very hard. This is not a great uh, message for the children, but let's these teachers watching this. Um, and as I was telling you the other night, uh, luckily I had a, a local parish priest, Father Christopher Delaney, mm. who contacted Strawberry Hill Teacher Training College, and despite what my results were gonna look like, persuaded them to take me. Right. So I then ended up in teacher training. But what, why, te why teaching? Uh, Largely because my mother tells me that I said that the teachers had done such a terrible job, I was convinced I could do better than ah, that. Okay, that's so I wanted to set out to prove that uh, this could be done in a better way, um, a different way. And uh, I didn't really cover myself in glory there either, but managed, <laughs> managed to get through and uh, surprised myself by passing the exams and hadn't really thought about getting a job. But a friend of mine, Chris Corcoran, thank you, Chris, um, mentioned a, a headmaster of a private school in Hampstead that he right. thought that I would fit into. And the, it was run by a guy called Tim Patton, who was a ponytailed hippie headmaster. And so I went up there on my motorbike uh, with my shoulder-length hair, Che Guevara <laughs> moustache, nice. and tinted glasses, and Tim with his ponytail. 
So uh, his interview technique really was to keep plying you with uh, large Irish whiskies <laughs> and seeing if you survive that. And uh, I did, right. and we hit it off. So uh, I started working there. Jeez. Um, he basically let me do what I wanted, provided I got results. So it was a fantastic, I stayed there for 26 years. Oof. I was very lucky to have him. He supported me entirely. And so this is a prime, primary school? It's, it's, a, it's a private school. They're, they, I'm sorry, primary school. Yeah, they, a prep school, prep. boys prep school which is all I've ever taught and in. So they go from three to 13 years old. Got it, got it. Um, and I, I kind of just plowed my own furrow, developed my own way, taught myself maths, thought about ways of doing things. Didn't read anything because I don't like reading too much. Um, and just kind of worked away at it. Um, and then after 26 years, I, I did some, finally did some studying, uh, by which time, by the way, I was working really hard because I realized these children were my responsibility. Mm. Um, and then in my 40s, I started to do a degree and then I, I did a master's. And at the end of that, I'd done 26 years in the school and got restless and yes. wanted to move. But being in my late 40s th at that stage, most schools were very suspicious. They thought I was looking for somewhere to retire ah, to right, have okay. a quiet retirement. Luckily, Dr. Trevor Lee, who was at a North of Prep, a very different school, came to watch me teach and, and took a risk on me. Um, and I started working there. So the first school I was at was first names. They called me Bernie, not Sir. Right. There wasn't really a, a uniform to talk about. And the next school was everybody was Sir and Miss. They all stood up when, the, when the, an adult came in. They wore stripy blazers. So it was very different. But also Trevor was great because he let me teach the way I wanted to, provided I got results. And he was the guy who let us bring in Singapore Maths in 2006. And, and had the confidence and belief in me to roll that out. And that's how we got going into this manipulatives and Singapore stuff. Jeez, that fascinating, that Bernie. That's right. Well, well not really a career. But no, I uh, like it. I like it. Jeez. A journey. <laughs> and you told me just when we were having dinner last night a, a wonderful story about how the, sorry, I forget the guy's name, the, the kind of father who kind of. Oh, yeah. uh, and how you, um, you kind of contacted him. Oh yeah, well th thanks to you, um, I've sort of been reviewing a lot of my life and looking back, I realized that I'd never contacted this guy to thank him. So I tracked him down. And this is the guy who kind of... He was the priest, the local parish priest who rang the teacher training. The only reason I had my lucky life in teaching was down to him, otherwise I never would have got into it. Um, and so I tracked him down, he's at Buckfast Abbey, he's 84 years old, and we got contact and I said I'd belatedly thank him and he was delighted to hear from me, and we're going to arrange to meet up there, my wife and I are going up there to meet him and see him. He's 84 years old and still on his bicycle cycling round. An amazing guy. That's nice. So thank you, Father Cristalini. That's <laughs> nice. Super. Fantastic. Well, before we dive into something I'm very mm. kind of nervous about here, um, I want to ask you one of my favourite questions, which is to pick a favourite failure. So I wonder if you think back to, to your career at any stage, and I want you to think about perhaps a lesson or an activity that didn't go the way you hoped it would, and crucially, what you learned from the experience. A lot of things. Um, recently, so I've, I've been a maths consultant now since I finished uh, teaching in 2012. And what I've learned is I've learned more about maths teaching in those years than I ever did all the time I was teaching. And, and now you're a consultant, you're supposed to be an expert, and I'm so not, and I'm still learning every day. So part of the job I do now is I do intervention. So last term, I was working with year one pupils who were struggling. They weren't confident. Um, they weren't really engaging in lessons because of that lack of confidence. So I took the, the textbook we used, the scheme, and thought, I'll go in and do this. Yep. Had an absolute car crash of a lesson. Uh, they didn't know what was going on. It was great. So it made me really step back 
and start to break this lesson down, take the bits and, and break it down into chunks, like all this sort of direct teaching and Chris Bolton stuff yes. I've been reading about in the last year. So I really broke it down into tiny, tiny steps. We did a lot of mass press practice on each tiny step. Um, and there was a lot of interactivity. I only had six children. So we start the lesson with them sat in a row like a cinema right, with okay. a whiteboard in front of us and they had to do some activity. They what, had what to join in. What kind of topic in. was it? It was about um, concepts of multiplication. Okay. And they had to learn that um, three times four meant, so I can write on here. Oh, so let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, We're getting straight into it. So if they had three times four, yep. they had to realize that it was four plus four plus four. And I'll just describe for the listeners here. Yep. So, so Bernie's drawn here kind of four dots with a circle around it, then yep. another four dots with a circle and another four dots. So we've got three groups of four here, then four plus four plus four. Yeah, so this is three groups of four. This yes. is following the Singapore math scheme yes. that we do. So another way of expressing that, representing that as three fours. Yes, we've got three and uh, another fours. Another yep. way is we say three groups of four. Okay, yes. And another way is we, we use this sign at the end three times four, for which there's much confusion because in this country we do that far too simply and in fact it's a lot more complex than we, we normally do. Oh. So in, in Chinese they have two, two words for that times there. So three... Three times four, does it mean word. three fours or does it mean three multiplied by four? And there are different concepts. Oh, right. But this they, this was only year one, so they had to get all these concepts. The scheme we use, all these concepts came in at once, and that wasn't working for them. So I had to take each different concept and just start with this one. Gee, so the visual one. Yeah, kind so of the, we'd, the and then we would do mass practice. So we'd first of all just draw one group with four in yes. there. Yes. And we say, how can we say that? It's just a four. And then I tried to do intelligent practice, so each question was linked to the next yeah, one. Yeah, nice. So what's this? This is two fours. When we started this originally, they'd start counting them all again. Yes. And it's like, no, no, you, you know you've got to four there. Yeah. So you can add on another four. So they weren't making those connections yes. and links either. And then we moved on to doing things like this. And so we'd break it down one concept at a time, mass practice it on the board with them doing things, and then they'd have to go and do that independently, make this with equipment. Yes. And it's the making it with equipment that gets them to see that they are building on it. Whereas when it's in a, a picture like that, they don't necessarily see the building, they don't see the Got process. It. And, uh, and when you did the lesson and it didn't go well, you hadn't done that breakdown? No, no, no. I just followed the scheme. And of course, these children had, had got to that stage. And we're going to use that this year when we teach that unit. We're going to break it down yes. a lot more. And so it, it, it looked like being a lot of work. It looked like it would take a long time because you think, oh, I'm breaking each idea yes, down. Yes. And they're doing a lot of practice. But we actually finished the unit at the same time as the main class. Jeez. And they'd actually then done a lot more independent written work. I'll tell you what. So uh, breaking it down like that actually was a bonus. It really paid off. I mean, there's a couple of things from that. The, I, I'm, I'm convinced breaking things down is, is mm. the way forward. And, and then the massed intelligent practice yeah. and then bringing it back together. Yes. I'm convinced by that. The second thing I'm convinced by is that I would be the worst primary school teacher ever. Like, <laughs> I can't imagine having to teach multiplication. Yeah, because yeah. it's, I mean, it's the classic curse of knowledge thing. I find it hard enough to teach something like adding fractions or trigonometry mm. because I find it relatively easy. That's but, what we were discussing last night. Yeah. <laughs> but something like multiplication, I don't, I, like, I no longer know how I know 3, 4 yeah, to yeah, 12. Yeah. So to try and convey that for the first time to 
oh, I wouldn't have a flipping clue. And it's, the, it's this why the kind of the, the visual models are so important. Yeah, for yeah. You. And what fascinates me is, I mean, people are talking a lot about uh, early years teaching. That's what I've really been studying since I retired. It is the most complex, oh. intricate, difficult uh, puzzle to unpick. And, and that is a fascinating world. I'm still learning every week about that. I'm spending a lot of time working with our, our UFS department developing our teaching. And uh, yeah, the further back you go, the more complex it is. So the people who are teaching in the first couple of years, they need to have a fantastic knowledge about the trajectory of learning, how you bring all these ideas together. Because it's not like teaching secondary, where mm. we're going to teach this, then teach that, and teach that. Yeah, yeah, the young yeah, children, yeah. you've got all these things kicking off all over the place, and you have, somehow have to bring them all together. It's a very challenging, difficult job. Because you're right at the beginning of, of oh, how children yeah. learn. And teach other subjects as well, right? Because you've got to be doing that for, you know, <laughs> primary teachers for and, English yeah, and all yeah, that. Yeah. God and almighty. I think they need a lot more training oh. than they probably have. The, the first few years are the most difficult. I think if you can do maths, you can probably teach maths further up. Mm. But the beauty for me is I found maths really difficult and I, and I couldn't do it. So I had to teach myself and unpick it. And, and that's what you're having to do with very young children right at the beginning. And it's the most interesting, challenging, difficult part of the whole thing. Jeez. Well, just before we, we dive into some activities yeah. here, when we were discussing, having a conversation last night, yeah. you, you told me something very interesting. That was the way your kind of working memory or short-term memory works <laughs> kind of lends... Doesn't. <laughs> ...means that you almost rely on these methods yourself to yeah. understand things. Can you yeah. just uh, dig into that a little bit? Um, I have, as we discussed, I think I described to Louise Pennington that I have a working memory the size of a, a, a gnat's toe. I decided a gnat was too big, a gnat's head was too big. So a gnat's toe is about the size of my working memory. As I was talking earlier, my wife, my poor wife, struggles with me the whole time because uh, it's interesting that the phonological loop they talk about. So when my wife starts talking to me, the first six words, they come in and I, I process those so slowly I don't have time to get them, so I pick up the other words. So I'm continually saying to her, sorry, what did you say? And she'll say the first six words. And I'll say, stop there, I've got it. <laughs> so I have no working memory. Um, so if I'm reading or doing anything at home, I have three computers up. So if I've got a document up, I'll read an idea there. Then I'll have the same document go back to another point. I need to have the two points in front of me, because when I read that one, I go over there, it's gone. Oh, really? Yeah, so there's no working memory, there's nothing there. I can't find my way around without my wife or sat nav either. There's a whole yeah. load of issues. I mean, we just got lost coming back from the toilets. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, that was your fault, not mine. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> Jeez, and how did that kind of manifest itself when you were learning maths? Is that why you think you didn't You didn't. <laughs> I didn't maths? learn maths, that was, that was the whole thing, because everything relied upon rote memorization. Yeah. That is something I cannot do. I didn't learn my times tables, I was, I think, 15 years old. Jeez. Um, but now, like, if, I, if somebody says to you six sevens, do you know it's 42 from, is that just in there like it would be yes. perhaps for me? Or are you visualizing Both. it? Both. Oh, right. <laughs> um, because I've, I've spent so much time working with equipment that if you ask me a simple thing, it's like six plus seven. I know it's 13, but I also have pictures of egg boxes, 10 frames, wreck and wrecks, really? and they, they all flash in front of my eyes as well. So I, I see, this is why I love, um, what's his name, Barclay Everett? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, Maths Visual. This guy sees maths the way I see it, and he's, he's making these wonderful videos online, which I'm going to be using a lot at school. So I, I see maths I, I, in pictures. And we're going to dig into these um, mm. approaches, but is, is this where it came from, from you, out of a, thinking, well, I need this. This is yeah. what I need to understand it. Yeah. So 
it's probably going to be the same, but it's got to help students if it helps yeah, me. Yeah, and, and if you talk to special needs teachers um, who teach people with dyscalculia or dyslexia, all the methods that we use, they absolutely love, and that's they're being told to do that this day. So the idea is it will work for people with difficulties, and of course, therefore, it's going to work for everybody yes. and make it easier. Right, well, you've teed us up here, Bertie. We're, okay. we're going to have to dive into something. So I, and this, for the benefit of the audience, I haven't got a flipping clue what's about to happen here. Um, I've no idea what activities We should be giving you things to do, Craig. <laughs> so I wish I had something stronger than water, but let, let's see. So what are we doing first, Bernie? Okay, so we're going we're to look at three things today. One is the beginning of number. So we're talking about number sense with very young children, okay. nursery reception. And then we're going to eventually do what you want to do is the simultaneous equations. Oh, yes. But in order to answer your questions on that, we're going to do negative numbers in the middle. Got it. So okay. I'm going to start at this. the beginning of number, how this all comes about, number sense. So basically, uh, children need to find how numbers are a couple of thing, important things, how numbers are related to each other and that numbers are made up of other numbers. Okay. And that's basically what we want to do. And as I was telling you, we were out in Uganda, we go every yes. year, and everything that they do, they count in ones. Right. So if they, if they were doing nine plus eight, yes. they would write dashes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. And underneath, they would write eight dashes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay. And then they would count all the dashes, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, oh. 10, 11, 12, 30, 40, 50, 60. So they're not counting on, they're going back no, to the- No, they're not even counting oh, on. flipping heck. So they were counting in ones. Right. And when I first started doing this about six years ago, I found a lot of primary children, if you asked them to do seven plus six, they yeah. were counting with their fingers and using their fingers yes. to counting ones as well. And that isn't really developed number sense. They're only seeing numbers as clusters of ones. Okay, I see. Which is yes. one of the things with dyscalculia is that children only see them as clumps of ones. Ah. So we want to develop this counting with children so they, they get further than that. Yes. So there's... Um, there are lots of different equipment you can use. So the first thing is there's verbal counting. Okay. So children have to learn all the names, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And they eventually learn to separate those out. They get them in the right order. And we're starting with to 5, first of all, then to 10, mm -hmm. then to 15, then to 20. But they also have to do what we call um, uh, rational counting. So, for example, if you ask a child, they might be able to say all the number names to, to 100. Right. But if you ask them to count how many objects are down here, they might do things like 1, 2, 3, 5, 7. Oh, God. And they, they've got to learn to say all the numbers in the right order. Right. They have got to learn to touch each one and give it the correct name. So you do 1, 2, yeah. 3, 4. Yeah, this is quite okay. complex for young children to do this. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, They've then also got to learn that if you, about the cardinal quant, uh, property as well. So when you ask them how many there, they'll go one, two, three, four. Good. How many there? One, oh, two, three, four. Right. Good. So how many are there? One, two, oh. three, four. And they're not answering that question. So they're counting, but what they're not getting is when we say four here, this last one is not just the label of this, but it is the quantity. There are four things here. Now, can I ask at this stage, yeah. Bernie, so I, I did a lot of reading from a book about this, and you see it on Twitter a lot, this distinction between biologically primary knowledge mm. and biologically yes. secondary knowledge and the work of David Geary. And some of the reading I've suggested, uh, uh, read suggests that some elements of counting are biologically yeah. primary and some number sense seems to be innate, yes. whereas 
a hell of a lot of maths is biologically secondary and therefore needs needs to be taught. What what's your take on that? What do you think kids know naturally, and where does that stop? Uh, I think that we're coming to that. There was uh, there's another thing called subitizing. Oh yes, yeah, I've read about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and young children, uh, six months experiments will recognize quantities though if you put two dots or two things flashing up on yeah. the screen after a while they disengage okay but if you suddenly change that to three yeah they'll come back because they're aware that there's a difference yes so they begin to become aware in a spatial way and this is primary and animals can recognize whether there's three or four as well yes chickens will know which one to go behind they'll know which one there's going to be more uh, food behind they've seen right. okay. so there's some innate thing yeah and unfortunately um, if you'd asked teachers in primary schools five years ago, so supertizing, no hands up at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet it underpins everything. Absolutely. So the, the drive these days is to start building into this supertizing and spending time on this, this innate thing that we have within us and developing with that rather than just going straight to the formal maths that we're teaching. I see, got it. So the other thing is that yeah. we'll come to anyways, when you look here, I put these in a five frame, they're structured. Yeah. So how many here, children are gonna say four? Okay. How do you know? Well, I can see four, I can supertize to four, but I also know that if there were one more, that would be five. Yes. So if you take one away and there's one less, I know that's four because there's a space missing here. Yes. So we do a lot of work on this supertizing, be able to spot this in relation to five. And is this whole class, or does this have to be kind of small groups? You can do it in small groups. You can do flashcards, activities, with very young children. We don't want the formal teaching, the, the bold beginnings, but that's another story. Um, but you can do it with small groups. You can do it with whole class activities. And then we're also trying to make do that outdoors as well with big equipment and just yes. make it part of natural play as and well. And we're not talking, this isn't to try and get the concepts of addition or subtraction no, or anything. No, that's like. the whole thing. That, that they move children on too quickly to doing operations, which is adding and subtracting. Mm. And before that, there's a whole world of number sense to be built up first right. for that to make a lot more sense. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, t tell me more. So one of the things that we use is, is the five frame or 10 frame. Okay. So one of the important concepts also is about one more and one less. Okay. And we'll come to that in the negatives as well. Right. Because okay. we don't do enough on that, I don't think. So there's zero and one more is one. Okay. And one more is two, yeah. and one more is three, and one more is four, and one more is five. Okay. And one less is four, yeah. and one less is three, and one less is two. And what trying to do is to build up a mental, not a number line, but a number track. Oh, okay. So children need to have stored in their long-term memory a visualization of when you say one, two, three, four, five, you know that the number one less than five is four. You know that the number one more than three is four. And they need this sort of, to know where numbers are in relation to other numbers. Now, what you were very careful there to say, not a number line, a yes. number track. Now, <laughs> I, and I'm starting no, no, to get no. a bit obsessed with these number lines at, at the moment. Brings in picture <laughs> of number and, track. Number, and what's, <laughs> so for the benefit of people listening yeah. here, what's the difference between a number track and a number line and why is it an important yeah. difference? Uh, somebody wrote an article, but I can't remember the name of it recently. He went to China and said, I've just realized that we're, we're pushing the number line. Actually, there's these Chinese kids doing exactly the same concept, but using counters and the cardinal aspect rather than the number line, which right. is ordinal. So right. when you're dealing with young children, you're, you're doing the cardinal aspect, you're counting things. So on, on here, we've got one counter, on two, we've got two, 
on three, we've got three. So this is a number track here. Yeah. And when you always have these in the playground as well. So when a child steps off number one, oh, he lands on number two. That's the only place he's going to. Got it. So I'll come back to the number line in a minute. No, so if he's so on two and he jumps onto three, he's straight onto three. Got it. So this is almost like um, uh, like a, a board game or something, yeah. right? With the yeah, yeah, squares. Yeah, yeah. You know, we play lots of games with children. They roll dice and do things. Got well. it. And crucially, these numbers, and again, just, just to be really specific about yeah. this, they're not at kind of uh, intervals on a number line. These are like that square represents one. Yeah. And the next square is two. Yeah. And, it's, and it's about the movement is it? Kind of uh, yeah, we get the children to do physically, so they will actually move or they'll move on a board. Got it. Okay, so but we've it, got the track on the top, yeah. we've got the words for the numbers. Yeah, below. Oh, they can be the representations, can be dots, they can be numicon pieces, they can be Cuisinaire pieces, they can be tallies, they can do pictures of hands. Jeez. We use hands as well. So the idea is you have uh, perceptual variation, yes. you have lots of different ways of looking at this concept of building this model of a, of a number line eventually, but a number track for the moment, about where numbers are in relation to each other, particularly five and 10. Uh, and why are they? Uh, because that's how our hands are built. You've got the thing yeah, right. So, so you have one, so this is counting but modeling. So one, two, three, four, five. Yes. Four, three, two, one. Different countries do it different ways, by the way. But um, so when we ask them to show four, we want them to just do that. Okay. So why? Because that's one less than five. Yes. Show me two, I know that that's two. Show me zero, so we do that. Yes. Um, so that they need to know the numbers, all different representations. Whereas when I was at school, so here's the number four. <laughs> yeah. Spell it, F-O-U-R. Yeah. Uh, show me four. Good, we've done the number four. Yeah, and you yeah, move on. Yeah. And that's just not deep enough. It's not enough different variation in the way you're looking at it. Got it. Gee, and again, whenever you were doing the, the counters and you were going one more, one more, is that kind of whole class almost kind of chanting? Is yeah, it like yeah, a yeah, shout? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. I like it. And it's not the number after or before, because that's more abstract. Oh, it's, it's And it's an actual specific. physical activity. You're actually leading, when you're doing one more and one less, you're beginning to lead towards, towards addition and subtraction. Yes. But you're using the phrase one more. Children, because they get language from somewhere else, might say, oh, I need to add one more, or I'll take one away. But we'll be ah, saying one more, one less the whole time. The one more. Yeah. And again, there'll be some stupid questions coming from me left, right, no, and no, no, Bernie, please do. but <laughs> like, because because I've never taught, certainly never taught, I've dabbled in a bit of year five and year six, but never kind of early years, never year one and two. So I don't know how to pitch this. I don't know what kids know and what they don't yeah. know. So you never, from here, you're not going to chuck in a two more, are you? Like, you, would you Actually, go Actually, two more or? is really, ideally you would, uh, but it's apparently not, I think it, I'm not very good at memorizing, as you know, but I think <laughs> we're talking about, that's a target for maybe six-year-olds. Right, okay. Whereas one more is definitely something you want everybody to get their heads around. Two more is an aspiration, I but a lot more it. difficult. Okay. Okay, and again, just to return to the yes. number line, because if this... Sorry, if, the if number you, line. Yeah, yes. if you were, if I was put, I mean, God forbid this never happens. If somebody said to me, right, you are going into a, uh, a an early years class and you've got to teach concept of one more, I'm banging out a number line, yeah. I'm getting the jumps going, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking I'm doing a good job. But what, what, what's, the, what's the issue with the number okay, line? Okay, so um, the number line came very late in mathematics. And it's certainly not primary, it's, it's very difficult. Right. So when you say one, what you're doing is you're measuring the distance from zero. So the concept of one is a distance of one yeah. from the zero yeah. to one. That's yeah. interesting, yes. And the, the, the number two is a movement. That's what we call directed numbers, we do the positive negative. It's a movement of two that way. 
So if you're at number one, where are you anyway? It's this dot that doesn't actually exist in maths. And then you step off number one, where are you? Into this scary big space here <laughs> with an infinity of numbers in it. Yes. And that's way too abstract for young children. Whereas here, you step off number two, where are you? Oh, I'm at one more counter, I'm at number three. Right. So this is cardinal about counting objects. And that's, that's children find that much easier to do. This should come much later. When should, number, when should it come in the number line? In Singapore, it doesn't appear until year three. Right, okay. So that's age... That's, that's actually the same age as our year four children, because they, like everyone else apart from us, they start school a year later. Right, okay. Because flipping. they read the research. So what's that? <laughs> so that's kind of seven-year-old, something, seven-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, so no number yeah. line before then. Yeah. That's, it. that's fascinating. I mean, why did we invent the number line? Because it would be beyond integers or counting numbers, and we needed fractions, decimals and things. Yes. Well, these children aren't dealing with that. No. Well, they are in our country because I think the early years curriculum asked them to do halving and doubling, but that's another story. Right, okay, okay, okay. So we're dealing with it and we're, we're focusing on getting this number sense, one more, one less, yep. understanding the different representations for each of the numbers. Yep. What, do we do anything else with this? Oh, what, yes. What? Uh, yeah, they've also got, um, I said that one of the problems with all of these equipment is that you're, you're still counting in ones. Yes. And we were out in Uganda recently, and we had a load of these wreck and wrecks. Oh, God, I was here hoping we go. this wasn't coming into play. So this is the thing yeah, that I'm, I'm going to put this over here. So we, we start with the red on the right. Okay. Apart from Uganda, where they were made the wrong way around, but that's okay. another story. Okay. Um, so when children are starting here, you'll notice there's still about this 5 and 10, this idea with hands, 5 and 10. So Everything we, is 5 and 10. So again, for the benefit of yep. people listening, and I'd strongly recommend you check out the video yep. for this, but if you're in your car... You've got here five white counters and five red counters. On the top rack. On the top rack, and yeah. five white and five red on the bottom rack. Yeah. And they're so, all to the right of this rack. Yeah, so that's the start position. So if I want to show the number one, I'm counting in ones. One, two, three, four. So you're sliding them five, across sliding from across. right to left. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm so, happy so far. We, learn, we want them to recognize that that's five because, yes. not counting them in ones, but because all the white ones are over there. We want them to recognize this is five, not because they're counting, but by recognizing that the one row is full. Now, so that's called subitizing, where you recognize just by looking. Now, this is interesting, this, Bernie, because, again, I'm going to come across terrible in this, but I might as well get it all out there. <laughs> Whenever I'm asked to teach kind of bottom set year seven, I have a flipping nightmare because I'm very much aware that kids need to know their multiplication tables. Yeah. But what I... I want them to be able to recognize and know that three yes. lots of five are 15 and so on. But what I see is kids just kind of counting yeah, off no 15. And they're like, well, but I can get the right answer. And I'm like, yeah, but how much strain yeah, yeah. is this taking and all this kind of thing? So I'm, how do you stop them just counting those five, Bernie? How, is it just constant repetition? This, this is what I love about this, because what you find with the five and 10 frames is that when children are, are making these, there is a likelihood they're still counting actually in ones. Yes. And you are putting them down in ones. So this was a revelation for me about 12 months ago, so that you know this is five. So when we start doing with the children, we start saying, okay, show me five. And we don't want them to do that. So what we want them to do is go straight to the straight fifth one to and do this. Right. So I they're see. seeing that seeing that as five. They're not counting in ones. Got it. And, and that's going to make a massive difference to these kids. So then we go, okay, so what's one? What's one more than one, two? What's one more than three, two, three? And you get to here, what's one more than five? 
That's six. Yes. Okay, so let's move that back. Can you show me six in one Straight slide? Straight off, right. And they're so, relating it to the five all yeah, the time. Yeah, and also, they've, they've got they've this. Got the they've got their fingers. They've got the five and the one more. So they're beginning to now work towards ten. So it's you've got you've mastered five. Yeah. So now you've got five and one more, five and two more, five and three more, and you, you carry on through this. What's one more than six? Seven. What's one more than eight? What's one more than eight? Nine. Yes. And you're pointing out that if you see one left over here, this must be nine. Right. Or if you see it's five and it's four more. Yes. Okay. And the other thing you'll be as well as, as learning that you're starting to learn your number bonds. So over here. If we go back to the five frame, yes. you've got, you can have all five and none yellow, or you can have four red and one yellow. So four and one makes five. So these counters, Bernie, I've noticed they've got a red side and a yellow side, and I'm guessing that's going to be important. Yeah, they're called double-sided counters, and they're one of the best things I've ever found. <laughs> right, doing okay, loads okay, of, lots okay. of, particularly with young children. Yeah. Okay, so tell me through, we've got five reds showing here. Yeah, so we've got a five frame here, it's full. So yeah. we know that's five without counting. Yeah. So we've got five red and we've got none a yellow. Okay. So we know that five and none is, is a pair that makes five, if you like. And not five add none, five No, we're saying and, yeah, good. So this is pre-arithmetic, before you do arithmetic. And, and then if you do all this, arithmetic comes a lot quicker. Okay. So if you turn one over, you've now got four red and one yellow. Yes. So you know that four and one. Yes. Those are the two numbers, yes. the two parts that make the whole. Yes. These are part-whole concepts. That number five is also made up of four and one. Four and one. Uh, I'll just mention this all, all called hierarchical inclusion here. I told you earlier, your maths is difficult. Oh God, Later on, if you want to do five take four, children have to realize that five has got four in it. So you can do it. Ah. So that when you get to five, four is in there. So when you see five here, it's also got four in there as well, as well as one. Right. So when you try and do four take six later on, you have to realize that six isn't hierarchically included in four, so you can't do that at, when you're younger. Right, well this, this potentially could open a whole can of worms here. So I'm going, well, I'm going, to, ask, I'm going to ask my hard, hard question first. And, I'm and going I may to answer back, it later, but go on. Come back to this. So, because this is one of the things that, that kind of concerns me, I think it's probably the right word. Mm. So if you, say you've got a kid in there who says, all right, I want to do four take six. Yeah. What, what do you say? Do you say you can't, or do you say you can't yet, or what, what chance? Because with this... Depends what age he is. Okay, well let's, well, let's say it's one of the, it happens within this lesson. Yeah. So we've got a young, we've got a young kid, yeah. four or five or whatever. We're, we're playing around with these things. Because I, w I would struggle to see how this would, would get me the four take six. So what, yeah. what, what do you say? Is it a can't? Is it a can't yet? Or is it... Yeah, I mean, I, I think that going into negatives comes a lot later. But, and also, I'm, I'm not at the stage where we're doing addition and subtraction Sure, yet. of course, of course. But, of but course. if you had six take away four, and there are actually two concepts of subtraction, but we haven't got time to go through yeah, today. Yeah, sure, sure, so sure. if you take away four, one, two, three, four, you yeah. can actually do it. But if you had four take away six, there isn't six included yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at this stage, but we're coming to that later. Sure, of course. It is not possible to take six away from there because it's four does not contain six. And do you kind of do it as almost like a, a, a teaser for them? Do you say, because I think there's oh, a yeah, danger. Yeah, yeah. If you say, you have a lot of kids who say you can't, right? You, you can't do four take six. Yeah. Or, and this comes into a lot of areas of maths where it's, it's not that it can't be done, they just haven't seen how to do it yeah. yet. So what, what, I'm just before we, well obviously we'll dig into the negative stuff later on, but what, what is your response to if a child says, 
what's four takes six? And you're not at the stage yet where you, you've not introduced negative numbers, blah, blah, blah. Just what, what's your answer? With a young child, I, I personally probably just say, you, you know, we'll have a look at that one when you're older. Right. I'll, I'll okay, teach you yeah, that later. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, otherwise, you can open a can of worms yeah, for of all the other children. But the other way you can do that is you, you can put uh, six, count six counters. There's a lot of work with young children on hiding things. Yes. So you put the six counters in a bag. And they have to say whether you're telling the truth or not, whether it's possible. So you're going to reach in and go, hmm, I've pulled out two counters here. Do you think that's possible? Right, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So suppose you've got four counters in there. And you say, okay, I've got four counters here. Yeah, I put yeah. them in the bag. Okay, I'm going to reach in and I've taken out one counter. Do you think yeah. that's possible? Yeah, 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 yeah good, nice. good. Okay, I've taken out four counters. Do you think that's possible? Yeah, 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 good. I've taken out six counters. Do you think that's possible? No. Why not? Because you only have four in there, you right, can't have okay. six in there. So there's a lot of hidden uh, practical ideas like that as well. Got it. Okay. And my other question, which may be a stupid question, yep. is, so we've, we've kind of done quite a few concepts here with the, um, with the rec, rec and rec, I'm saying that right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the, uh, the different representations of numbers. Now, we've spoke a lot on, on the podcast about how the um, lesson is probably not the best unit of, of no. time to think about for planning. No. What's going on here? Are you picking kind of one concept to do per lesson or is it like you're doing with me where you'll do a bit of this, then we'll do a bit of yeah. uh, counting now? Is it more the latter? It, it's, it's really difficult with these young children because you've got these, uh, Sarama and Clemens talk about learning trajectories. So you have uh, learning trajectories for uh, each particular thing you're doing. It's so complicated. Yeah. It, it, our, our scheme took ages to put together. And it isn't neat, so you've got lots of fire, these different things firing off. So you're trying to keep everybody on about the same place if you can. But you'll be hitting different elements of these learning trajectories at the same time. So you try and design play and activities to integrate all of these things. Yes. And you, you need to be, whatever concept you're working on, you, you decide what you're doing with that. But you need to be representing in lots of ways, including lots of play, games, yes. getting outdoors, physically doing it. And it's the, really complex. Oh, Bernie, and we're all just getting warmed up here. Yeah. <laughs> and and my, other, my other potentially daft question is, what, do, what does the practice look like of this? So say you're doing this in, a, in say, 20 kids or even 25 kids um, or, or more potentially. I can, I can imagine you kind of demonstrating this uh, at the front, but do the kids do any kind of practice on their own? And if so, what, what does that look like? Yeah, pra practically they play games with each other. So they'll, with subitizing, you'll do, you'll have subitizing cards. So that, they just let them play games. They have to do a lot of play. So they'll maybe hold up a, a card to their friend and their friend has to say, just subitize very quickly what was on there. And the answer's on the back so the other kid knows what's on there. Okay. So they play games with each other and they probably move a counter on a, on a board so they've got some target as well. So it's about them playing with each other and playing games. Uh, the TAs knowing how to get invo involved with that, what questions to ask, how to move children on with their thinking. So it is very complex for TAs as well. So a lot of games, a lot of t working together in groups, a lot Got of play. It. Got it. But what um, I think it's Cameron calls guided object play. So children are working with objects. It is play, but everybody, the adult knows what it is they want to get out of that yes, play and where yes. they're, exactly where they're going with it, what they can ask, what they can do, how they can move children on. Got it. And I mean, I spotted these things at the start. New, new, Thank you. Numicon. Numicon. Now, 
I'll be honest with you. So I, we, we've done some work on diagnostic questions with, with White Rose Maths, and they've written yep. some diagnostic questions for years one through to year eight. And in some of the year one and year two questions, I see these things yep. on the images. And I don't have a flipping clue what's going on with them <laughs> because I can see, so we've got here, we've got like a, something I assume represents one, yep. which is a square with a circle um, in the center. Two I get, again, we've got kind of uh, on top of each other or to the side of each other, but then three, it's like an L shape, mm. and I don't. So I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> by this. If I was designing these, the, like three would be again a like a th three on top of each other. What? Well, t the, the tell me what's going the on. The interesting with thing is that we're in OUP today, and of all the people in OUP, you'd ask about Numicon. I'm probably the person least qualified right. to answer that. <laughs> right, okay. However, my my understanding yeah, of yeah, this yeah, yeah. is that it's basically whereas these things go in a line, you look at linear one two three four five six yes. seven seven one two three seven nine ten. Yes. That's the Five frame and theirs. These go one, two, three, four, five, six, oh. seven, eight, nine, so ten. So, for the benefit of anyone who's still listening, <laughs> as I say, I would strongly recommend you watch the video here, but you're counting not up. Yeah. You're kind of one to the left, one to the right, then the next kind of level up yeah. to the left, to the right, yeah. third story, left to the right. And yeah, so you're going basically one, one two. Oh, and you're kind of replacing. And then. Three, I see. and then four, and going up that way. Oh, that makes perfect yeah. sense. Okay. Now, okay. for me personally, um, and a lot of the guys I work with will, will, will disagree with this, but, okay, but personally for me, the real strength of this at the beginning is about, about the part whole idea. So that three is also made up of two and one. Got it. So you've got there, you've got the L-shaped three, and you can show by placing the two and the one on top of it and covering yep. the whole thing. Yep. That three's and made up of two and one. That's nice. I and the, the that. nice thing about that is that this isn't two ones. It's a unitized two. So this isn't two separate ones. This is uh, a two, a block okay, of two okay. called unitized. Whereas with this, I could show you three with the double-sided counters and turn it over to show it's also made up of two and one. Yes, yes. So we've got different representations here. But one of the key things that children for number sense is to know that if you've got five, that could be five and zero, four and one, three and two, two and three, one, they need to know that. They need, yeah. they need to have that in long-term memory. Jeez, and is the key to chuck as many different representations at them as possible. Is that, yeah, that, is that the key? And that, there's no risk of kind of bombarding them. And the reason, no, the yeah, reason yeah. I ask, say this yeah. is because, so, and again, just relating it to my secondary knowledge, yeah. sometimes kids say to me, just give me one method, one <laughs> method that works, please. So if it's trigonometry or something, just I'm just gonna do it using Socotor, I'm just gonna yeah. use the formula. I yeah. just want one method that works for me. Yeah. Um, and whereas I can, I can see the benefits of multiple methods, but I can also see the, the dangers that kids can get confused yeah. and so on. But is that, is that different? Here yeah. is it win-win giving them as, yeah, as many. Yeah, because this isn't a procedure. It's not a method. It's a concept. Yes, okay. And in order to get a concept, you need to handle it in different ways. So my favorite example is um, you, you say to children, okay, this is a chair, Craig. It's a chair because it's got four legs. Okay. Okay. And then a dog walks past the window and the child goes, oh, look. It's a chair, it's got ah, four legs. Right, okay. So you need to have, if you just teach by definition, I don't one example, yes. you're probably building in a myriad of, of uh, yes. misconceptions that we were talking about last night. And it's the, getting the very beginning right, that the concepts are clear, so they really understand what four is, not just writing four and spanning four and four dots. That's but that's four, that's four, that's four. Four's made up of three and one. Oh, four is one before five, or it's one after three. Then you really have a sense of number. 
Now that's interesting. Now let, let me ask as well, whilst we're talking examples, um, I'm obsessed with non-examples as well. And mm. it kind of goes, goes back to what you're saying there, that unless kids see examples of things that work and don't work, yeah. they, can, they can get a very limited idea yeah. and, and misconceptions can come. So would you, within this kind of sequence of activities, would you chuck in non-examples? Oh, would you? yeah, yeah. So, so what would be some... Oh, nursery. So they have the okay. puppet. All right, okay. okay. Uh, and it, well, I teach older children, so I say I have a friend who does this. So they, they may be putting up something like this on the board, and so they'll have a puppet on their hand so and say, three oh, what's okay. that one, Mr. Puppet? Yeah. Oh, Mr. Puppet says that's four. What do you think, children? Oh, okay, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you, you can't make the child feel embarrassed, but you can have this puppet here <sighs> that makes all the mistakes. That's the non-examples. And then the children have to explain why the puppet's wrong, how they know that's three, and in lots of different ways. I know that's three because I can count them. I know that's three because I can subitize three, and yeah. our nursery children use the word subitize. You're joking. No, no. Subitize. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, or they say if there were two more, there would be five. So they not only have to use non-examples, they have to explain and justify why that's three. Flipping heck. And that's where you spend all your time doing it at the beginning, not rushing on to adding and subtracting and, and writing. Give me a sense of how long this has taken, Bernie. So, over are we talking um, a week, a month? Or is, it, is this, <laughs> the, this? this? Yeah, or is this, this the entire is a, year? A two-year program. Two years, and yeah. they're not doing. Are, are there other mathematical concepts? Mixed oh, there's, in there's, the there's lots of shape and space. Right, um, and you just keep coming back to this. Yeah, right? it's not done in like a six-week oh, block. No, it's, it's just constant, constant immersion everywhere they go outside in the playground. There are five frames, ten show. frames. We want to build a huge wreck and wreck out of them to play with, so they're having conversations. And every adult needs to know that they can join in those conversations and how to help build children what they're doing. Got it. And does it? Like in, again, and apologies, I keep referring oh, back yeah. to secondary here, but so the way that I would try and interleave fractions and decimals would be to like include it in area and perimeter, that's always yeah. the classic thing. Are you, is it a similar thing? Does, does this explicitly come into the shape and space stuff that kids do? Is it just a, a, I'm a huge, I didn't bring them today because I didn't think this would turn up, but there's a, there are things called pattern tiles. Oh, right, okay. Which were, like a lot of maths, it was great in the 60s and 70s, but seemed to fade away with right. national curriculum, etc. <laughs> another story. Uh, but the pattern tiles are amazing. They're part holes as well. And we've been investigating those with our nursery. And they've been putting, I wish I could show you this, it's on my Twitter site. They're putting together phenomenal uh, bits that form together, but there's still the part hole idea. All geometry, you know, you're talking about uh, in, your, in your book about um, where you, you have geometry pictures and they have to maybe decide that there are two triangles in there and break that apart. Mm. That starts right down in the beginning. So that all this part whole idea concept not only applies to numbers, it applies to geometry. So they're getting other, so they'll take that concept into other areas as well. Got it. And this will become a recurring theme in this interview, but I wonder if it's worth commenting now. Mm. Is there a need and if so, when, to, to move kids away from, from these representations? Or is, it, is that not a big issue? Does uh, it just happen? Concreteness fading. Right. <laughs> so eventually, we, our, our target is that by the time the children come out of reception, because we, we run the Singapore Mass Programme in year one, mm. they've got to be really happy with all of this. But they have to have taken away the mental models and they have to have taken away the number of facts. That's going on in, in a new trial version of the early learning uh, goals at the moment in this country in several schools, a couple of schools, a number of schools. And 
um, they've reduced it down to really focusing on this stuff. But uh, we believe that children can come out of reception knowing their number bonds, their friends that make five, knowing their uh, number bonds that make ten. And then that's essential for the Singapore program that we run. Got it. So they are going to, the, we still keep using these in year one and two and further up. And we use these representations up in column addition subtraction in year four. But they need to have that stored in long-term yes. memory because they're going to use this for addition, the way they teach addition and subtraction, which we haven't got time for today. Jeez, <laughs> got it, okay. It's, it's so well thought out. It comes from Singapore, basically. Who researched the whole world? It isn't Singapore yes. research. Is a lot of it came from Britain, but we weren't doing it. Jeez. Well, is there is there anything else on this this particular thing that that we, that we haven't covered yet? I, one thing I didn't mention. Well, I did mention about hidden things. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. when when you're trying to get children to to learn, um, so we got the the wreck and wreck here. So I'll put it over there. Okay. So you might say to children, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Oh, am I doing this? Yeah, yeah. Oh close yeah. Your eyes, close okay. Your yeah, eyes, yeah, close yeah. Gone. Yep. Do a lot of this hidden <laughs> stuff. Okay. Open your eyes. Okay. Okay. How many red ones are hiding on this side on the top rack? Oh, two. I'm going for there. Right. And how do you know that? Um, because <laughs> there's three on three on the left. Yeah, yeah. So you know there's uh, two missing there. Yeah. Or there's five and three is eight, and there's yeah, two more. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So although we want children to learn these facts up by heart, we do them in a game type situation, a play yes, situation. Yes. And they can play that with their partner. They can do hiding things. They can first of all start with five. They can do it on here as well. So hiding things is a really great way of making children do things. There's, there's. I haven't got time for the whole thing today, but there are. Uh, a wonderful book on, is it Making Numbers, I think it is, published by AUP as it happens. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and you have um, Learning Five Friends, so you have, these are animals in the um, okay. one, so we have, there are five animals. Okay, so we've got five counters there. So five yep. counters there, okay, close your eyes, Craig. Okay, okay thank you, Craig, well done. Okay, now, two of the animals, have, you can open your eyes now. Okay. Some of the animals have gone to bed. Oh. How yeah. many animals do you think there are there? Uh, I think two animals two, okay. have gone to that. And what's yeah, interesting yeah. is when you uh, hide things, children will count things they can't see. So they'll go one, two, three, four, ah, five. Okay. And this is how you get them to start counting on without teaching it formally. They will start yes. to do it. So hiding things makes a lot of things happen, provided the adult knows how they can help make those things happen. Jeez, and I'll tell you what, final question before yep. we move on to our second thing. Yep, yep. You mentioned before that when you're in Uganda, you did the example of nine plus eight, yep. and you have the, the kid who saw nine as just a series of nine ones, yep. and eight as a series of eight ones, and then when they were adding them together, essentially just counted up and got yep. to 17 ones. So with, and what age was that? What age are we talking about? They time? were equivalent to our year four. Year four. So what do you do there? Like, can you, can you unpick that? Do you have to go back to this kind of stuff with those yeah, kids? Yeah, yeah. So what we're doing, that, in order to, to improve the maths at secondary, what we've focused on just the early year and the year. So they have a baby class middle and top, which are equivalent to our rece uh, nursery reception year one. Yeah, yeah. And we're trying to change the teaching there to give them develop this number sense. So when they come up to there, all they'll do with this is they'll shift one of those over there. And do say it's ten and seven, seventeen. And with that, with that child, that individual child who's doing this now at this stage, what do you do to help them? Like, do you, do you have to go back to this yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. So there's, we're there's saying, no yeah, yeah, start your lesson. I mean, I, I worked with a girl outside who was um, year six, very bright, but dyslexic like me, and I said to the parent, the only way we're going to, I was privately tutoring her, uh, so the only way we're going to do this really is to go back to nursery. Right. Do you trust me to do that? And we did. So we went all the way back to using five yeah, frames, yeah, ten yeah, frames, yeah, build yeah. up number sense, 
Uh, six months later, she got moved up a set. And after that, she got moved up two sets, Jeez. and then she was in the top set. Flipping but there was no choice but to go back yeah, and yeah, build yeah, yeah, that yeah. number sense that she didn't have. And if you... So you can start every lesson with 10 minutes of this. God. And if we've got secondary school teachers listening who <laughs> have, have kids in year seven who don't have this number sense, is, is that the advice there? That uh, yeah, yeah. you have to go, you <laughs> with, have with, to, go with any to this te- With any teacher, this is why I, love, why I, I bought into the Singapore approach, concrete, pictorial, like we're doing dashes here, yeah. and then abstract. If they're ever in doubt, if a teacher comes to me, go back to concrete. Yeah, okay. okay. Go back to concrete. It's not going to stay on concrete, but you have to go back there. Whether it's learning tables, I've done that with uh, big rec and rec frames as well. Go back to concrete, develop the concept, develop the skills, and then they will abstract that. Got it. Got it. And they'll also learn it a, a lot quicker as well. Right, you, you've sold me on this one. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think I'll be able to do a lesson, but I'm, no, I'm, no, no. I'm with it so far. Okay. What have you got for me second? What okay, so it? the next one we're going to move on to is in order to hit the simultaneous equations, oh, your, your questions yes. you yeah, asked me yeah, on yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. we need to have a little look at, because the question you asked me is, that the stuff I'm about to show is, it all works very well with adding, but what happens when you start subtracting and you've yes. got negatives involved as well? So in order to answer that question, we have to go and play with negative numbers. All right, let's do okay? it. Let's do so, it. Now, just a bit of background yep. here, Bernie. Um, I think I've been... Uh, child abuse is too far, but the way I've taught <laughs> negative numbers in the past has been terrible because I've been, um, I've been using analogies. So I've been doing oh, me too. <laughs> ice cubes, I've had yep. flipping fa- chili cubes in soup, and it's just, there's generations of kids who are flipping yeah. clueless about it because the problem I've always got with analogies um, like that is that they tend to work for, well, some of them are so flipping convoluted, it's yeah, just ridiculous. Yeah, they become embarrassing. Like kids are like, oh, what's, what, this soup's minus three degrees and all this, all this nonsense. But the, the problem, of course, is that they have a limited range. So when you come to certain problems, they don't work quite as well, particularly with negative numbers. Multiplying two negatives yeah. um, tends to be an issue. So you, you need a new analogy for that. Yeah. And then the kids are like, well, which one do you want me to use? Which one? And it's just more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. So I've now gone completely the other way. And I'm just about kind of practice with the kids. Like, yeah. um, and I'll, I'll show them why it works, for, show them a pattern of, of adding negative mm. numbers. So I'll start three plus three, three plus two, three plus one, blah, 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 going down into the negatives. And then just practice, 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 practice until it becomes as automated as it is for me. But that's starting with kids who have some sense of number and it certainly hasn't worked for all kids. So I love nothing more than thinking about how to teach negative numbers. So I'm I'm fascinated by this. As we were discussing, it was a breakfast about, you know, what do you do about misconceptions? And I think that um, like this, you have to spend a lot of time in building the basic concept of what positive negative numbers Mm. are, how you operate with Mm. them. And again, the number line is, is a very abstract and a sort of ordinal thing. Mm. And the guy who wrote an article recently went to China and they were using counters. So it's the cardinal, the counting objects yes. aspect of this. So we've been experimenting with that for the last couple okay. of years at my school. Um, what I'm going to uh, talk about today is some of this is still I'm working on. So okay. you, yeah, can, yeah. you can pick holes in it and, and fire okay. it down. That no sounds good. That sounds and we'll good. get you to do a bit. So and what kind of age of kids are we talking about? Uh, generally, I st- I'd probably start, we start this in year six. Yes, so they've not seen a negative number. No, no, they, they might have come across it on a, a, on a thermometer, which is sure. where we kind of start. Okay. Uh, and they've, by this stage, they've met number lines, yes. so they, they're familiar with that. And they've met, I'm assuming they've 
added and subtracted and all that, but with positive numbers. Yeah, just just a normal number, but counters were really counters. for that. Got it. Okay, okay fine. So fine, we fine. start with the, the, the spend some time, and I'll give you some things to do here. Yeah, oh, and we'll see oh, what happens. <laughs> now the first thing I've noticed here, so you're drawing a number line on yep. this, and but it's a vertical it's number a vertical line. Number now line. this is a source of debate, right? Because yep. some people are uh, very much horizontal number line. Yep. Well, why, why the vertical? Uh, because we're trying to. Uh, put in the context of something they're familiar with, right. which may be temperatures. Also, we're, we're gonna, it makes more sense when we, we go up something that it's becoming higher or yes. bigger and go down something. Whereas actually going left or right is arbitrary. Yeah, that's, in, yes. This is only a personal opinion. No, I'm still I, working I, on this. I agree. And I'll tell you what's interesting to me though. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and it happens with a lot, right? I talk about this a little bit in my book. When was the last time a kid saw a thermometer? Like, certainly, yeah, 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 it's yeah. interesting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I completely agree that the, the vertical is the yeah. way for because of the up and down. I like yeah. that. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes I'm having to, when I use a thermometer thinking it's going to help kids, yeah. I actually first have to teach them the concept so, of what yeah, a fucking I, and, thermometer and I, I is to do and that. stuff. Go to Uganda and start talking about negative temperatures. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's have, interesting. Okay. No, no, we, we hit that problem there. Got so, it. <laughs> but we've got the vertical number line okay. because you prefer the concept of up. Uh, up and, up and down. Got and it. They are some directed numbers. Fine. Some of this is still a bit flaky and holes in it, so if you can spot them, please okay, feel fine. free to check so in. So you're now you. marking the positive, positive numbers, positive and you three. have the plus next yeah. to it. Okay. So, and, and, and I call that positive three rather than plus. So in our scheme, which is very fussy on language, um, when you say, when you write six sign three, <laughs> yeah. we read that as six plus three. Six plus three, okay. And if we read that, we read that as six minus three. Okay. So if so you're paying attention, you're not, you won't spot a hole in something I say later, but good luck. Six plus <laughs> three and six, six minus, minus three. No ads. So, so the, for us, uh, a plus is an operation and a minus is an operation. Because, I mean, this is, a, again, and secondary teachers have to deal with this, um, with negative numbers. But trying to start this would be a nightmare for me because so many kids say to me when they see minus three yes. they go is that a negative three yeah, or yeah, minus yeah, three yeah. and I'm like oh god where, where do, I don't even know where to go with yeah. that so you're very consistent there's yeah uh, so just so I got it right it was six minus, minus three. three yeah so there's no you don't you not use negative three that doesn't come into no. play so this starts in uh, reception to year one so that when they they've moved on from doing the activities six plus three and there are different concepts that there we deal with as well but this is read as six plus three nothing else six plus six three. six plus three and that's to do with addition six minus three and that's to do with the doing of subtraction right okay so this is what i loved about the singapore maths as well is that it's every every word every list in the yeah. vocabulary is clearly defined it's in the teacher guide and everybody has got to use the same language so the children are being totally consistently taught the same thing the same and way. i tell you what i think that's such an unvalued thing that because mm. we we can switch between the two because mm. we've been doing it for years yeah. and <coughs> experts and whatever but it doesn't take, take much no. to confuse kids right no. That's very interesting. This is what I'm saying. You have to be really clear about what you're doing yeah. and, and very precise. And I have to be honest, this isn't all worked out fully yet. So okay, all right, okay. No, I'm, I'm looking um, forward to this. So, so then you have um, what is, what's the relationship between these? Okay. So if you've got three, and I'll leave the plus sign off for the minute. Okay. It's up here. Yes. Now if I put a negative sign in front of that, which technically that should be up there, but most books write it there. So there is in Word, you can write... Um, negative three like that. 
Right, okay. To we'll, differentiate we'll, it from minus three. Oh, God, right. We're going to have to have a look at this, Bernie. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so we've got here, we've got here, <laughs> kind of my, am I getting this right? Minus minus three in a bracket, yeah. which would be how I would write it. And yeah. the minus is nicely kind of in the middle, um, height-wise of yes. the three. But yours, you've got here a minus three with the flipping minus yeah. sign at the no, top of the three. that isn't minus, that's negative three. Oh God, so that's negative three yeah. when it's at the, t the minus signs yeah. at the top. And that is minus three when it's... No, that's negative three as well. <laughs> right, okay. and, and then there are inconsistencies. This yeah. is why this this topic Gosh. has got a lot of misunderstandings. The the publishers aren't consistent with this. The teachers aren't consistent. Yeah, 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 there yeah. are a whole. It's no, no wonder children get confused. It's no wonder I'm getting no, confused no, no, no. here. I, th I thought I was <laughs> going to be negative. However, I'm going to stick with the, what, what's in most textbooks. Yes, fine, fine, okay? fine. Got it. But we, usually, if if publishers want to say that's a negative three, they'll put it in brackets like that. Yes. To signify that that is yes. six plus yes. negative, negative three. three. Got it. So I don't read that as six minus minus three. I yeah. read that as six minus negative three. Six minus negative three. Which is okay. why I never say two minuses make a plus because yeah, yeah, I yeah, never yeah. deal with two minuses. This is a minus and that's a negative. You've got the minus operation and yes, then the negative. Yes, and negative sign of where it is. Okay, so if you start with three, now I'm going to about contradict that okay. because but I'm working with textbooks, <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah, do anything yeah. else. So that's three or positive three. Positive three, yeah. If I put a negative in front of it, I've jumped down to the other side of, of zero. Okay. So the idea is that a negative for me in mathematics and in functions as well means opposite of in some way, inverse of. Okay. Yeah. And do you see it literally as a jump? I, I see it as a reflection and a opposite. So a reflection. Yeah. Or, okay. or, or we'll do later, we turn it over. It's, de it's in some way the opposite of. I like that. So it's bringing yeah. a kind of physical action yeah, to it. Yeah. Okay. So we, we talk about flipping things as well. And would you say, just so I'm very precise yeah. in the language, if it was a, a three before and you put that negative sign in front of it, what do you say? It's it's moved to minus three? No, it's no, it's just what does, what does negative three mean? Well, positive three means three above zero. Yeah. And negative three is the absolute opposite, opposite. of that. So you've gone three down below. Got it, got is it. Is that got okay? It. Yeah, I'm with And you. these definitions need time as well to, yeah. to, to get in and working with them. So, um, and then if I've got this negative three, so I put it in brackets so you know mm -hmm. it's negative three, and I put a negative in front of that, what does oh, that mean? Geez. Well, it means the opposite of this. So I've got three, Yeah. then I've got negative three, which yeah. is the opposite here, and yeah. if I put a negative in it, you get the opposite back here. Okay. And if I put another negative in front of that, so negative is the idea of extreme opposites. Opposites, and you're using the brackets with the kids? Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah. They're negative numbers like that. I tend not to use this because it's not used in a lot of the textbooks. The higher one, okay, um, got So it. where we go. Got so, it, okay, I'm with you so and, th and then you've got a lot of, a lot of questions about um, comparison comes next. So I'm going all the way back to do this, the same way I do numbers with very young children. Yep, yeah, so yeah. first of all, getting some model of where they are in relation to each other yep. on, a, on a number line there because we moved on, they're older. The other thing I, I need to do is to compare numbers. So which do you think is greater, uh, positive four or positive three? Uh, positive four. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and that's um, what the children, yeah. every question we ask in the class is why? why? How do you know, yeah, explain, okay. justify? So, I mean, I don't know if this is the right thing yeah, to no, say. Yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. Kind of great. further away from zero? For, for okay, so this up. one's further away oh, from oh, zero. Gee, <laughs> I'd like to say that was a deliberate, <laughs> deliberate thing. Uh, higher up on the number line? Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever okay? you want to say. Oh, okay, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. We're trying to help you get your concept. So yeah. higher up than this one, okay? Yes, yeah, yeah. So what about... 
Negative four and positive three. So positive three is, what, what language you use, bigger? Yeah, whichever language you want to use, greater than, bigger than, Great, yeah, smaller big, than, bigger's less dodgy, than. Bigger's dodgy, isn't it? Is bigger dodgy? Uh, I have some problems with it. Yeah, okay, all right. Greater than was what the language greater you Greater is safer, I yeah, think. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. So positive three is greater than negative four. Yeah, but three is a bigger number, four is a bigger number than three, so surely that, and this is something we yeah, do with children. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, but okay. four is a bigger number, surely that, that's, that's the bigger one. Got, right, so I'd need to, again, say it's, but three's further up on yeah. the number. So you right? need a very clear mental image yes. of where this is. So this one's up here, but that one's down there, so that one's worth more. Got it, and just to yeah. ask my usual kind of awkward practical question, yeah. is this, this is happening whole class, but yeah. you're, are you saying, are you posing that question then saying to kids, right, all have a think about it, discuss it with somebody, then then we do it as a Yeah, when, in, in, in my school, when we're introducing things, we use show me boards. Right, okay. And um, we will spend a lot of time, we, we plan all these questions out, and these activities they're going to do, and every child has to respond on their Board. And show me boards like a mini white. It's a mini white board. So go, okay, you ready? Right, hold it up. Got it. Got and sometimes it. they have to say why. Yeah. And you spot where everybody is, and then when you've got a wrong answer, so great. Okay, so let's take that one there. You know, would you would anybody like to argue against him and explain why you think that's wrong? And we spend a lot of got time it. at the got beginning because then it goes a lot quicker later on. And can I just ask? Yes. I didn't ask it before when we were doing the earlier stuff yep. um, with the wreck and wreck <laughs> and the, the ten grids. Oh, I'm getting all the language here. I'm getting it. Um, would show me boards come into play there, or is that more just? Yeah, no, no, no. With the young children, but you have to remember with young children, they're struggling to write. Of course, things. of course. So we use things like number fans that they hold up. They have ah. numbers zero, one, two, three, four, five on them they hold cards up they have yes. ready so if you think you've got the number three hold it up so got a lot it. of stuff where they have to do things or show me three they show with the fingers yes but everybody that assessment for learning is really key yes and then if they haven't got that a ta will go and work with them when they do some group activity they'll go and work with them make sure they got catch it. up on that because we don't want the inability to write a number to oh no, them no, back no. Or whatever they need to about. recognize them yes of course, very of early course. on so they can match that to the numeral three got it, got but it. actually writing them is, is quite a complicated thing for young children so they can make it in sand they can make it with pebbles. They Got slowly it. process to get there. Got but it. for me, my, my, my guiding thing is this. This stuff we're writing down here, that's not the maths. This, for me, is the maths. When we get this. If, when we're doing the stuff there, so what, that's what, the real maths. What's, what's this, this? this is just a way of telling a story and recording that thing that we were doing. Oh, right, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, right. But this is, this, this is how it starts, is it? This, is, this comes before the, the for, for, this, for the negative. For this, for this one, yeah, because I'm building on the knowledge they've already that. got on playing with those ideas. So it would just be this one. Okay. So I'm doing things that I do with young children is comparing which one's more, which one's less. And then the next interesting one is that I would do one more and one less, which is where you get to play. Right, just okay. before we yeah, do this, on. let me ask you one yeah. more thing. Um, because I've been, I've been, I've been Again, you've read my book, so you know I'm very anti-displays in the maths classroom. Yes. But I don't know enough about primary, and particularly um, kind of early years, to know whether I'm talking a load of nonsense <laughs> about that. Because a lot of teachers will say to me, my classroom has a number line in it, because that helps kids get familiar with it, they're always yeah. seeing it, they can use it, and so on. My kind of counter-argument, playing devil's advocate, is it makes them over-reliant on it, so that when you take that number line away, all of a sudden, they don't know that yeah. three is greater than negative four. Where do you stand on that, Bernie? Do you obviously start with a number line, but do you want them doing these things without a number line visible? Yeah, I, eventually, this is the same with the young children, when you get to those things, you need to 
carry with you a mental image of this number line, this extended number line. Yes. So you need to be, we spend a long time on being clear on where these numbers are in relation. It's the same stuff with the young children, where numbers are in relation to each other, like with the young ones. So they need to know positive four is there, negative three yes. is down there, that's four and three, they're seven apart, which will come into this difference idea. So they have to have that in their head, yes. And Eventually they need to carry that with them. And is the, and this could be the stupidest question yet, but is it kind of a three-stage process where it's do this first seeing a number line, do it second being able to draw your own number line, yeah. do it third just visualising yeah, yeah. it? Is that a, yeah, there's a concreteness fading that applies to pictorial as well. Right, okay. Uh, and it, it, you, you may draw one, then that's where I think the, um, the empty number line comes from. You draw a line, you put the bits you want uh, on it. Yes, yes, yes. But, um, and I would normally, I tend to draw things in maths anyway, so yeah, if I'm doing yeah, a problem, yeah. I draw it just to be sure to. Got it. But I, I can visualise it in my head. Got it. And last question before we come yep. up to these. You, you mentioned that you have a bit of an issue with, with bigger than. Um, I, I, I do too. Are you very kind of strict on this? Would you say that, would you say that positive three is greater than negative four? Yeah. But would you say through positive three is bigger than negative four? Or do you steer clear great, from? Great, greater than. Do you steer clear from bigger than? And we, we follow the Singapore math scheme, right, and, and so at the beginning, um, this is year one program. Okay. So these yellow and red okay. counters are out yep. again. So you got like these. two red counters. Two. So the language is very precise at okay. the beginning. Yeah. So there are more yellow counters than there are red counters. Okay, with three yellows and two reds, so there are more yellow counters than red, yep. There are fewer red counters than yellow counters. Yeah. I'm dyslexic, so I hope I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, I got it, I'm gonna be here. But the number three is greater than the number two. Yes. And the number two, they say, is smaller than. But right. we then move on to less than as we move on up the school. So originally oh, they talk about the number, the objects here being fewer or more, but the number being greater or smaller. Greater or smaller? That's yeah. interesting. And isn't yet it? they still they also talk about what's one less than thing where you actually take it away. So the word less than comes in more as an operation than Whoa, a comparison. That's interesting. Okay. It is so incredibly well structured. <laughs> they spent a long time and putting again, it together. Y again, you can just see, just as we would flick between greater than, yeah, bigger yeah. than, more than, yeah. it can get confusing for these kids, can't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody has to use the same language. Yeah. It's in the scheme, it's in the teacher guide. I like it. And British teacher having to learn things like what does add end and minuend and subtrahend mean? Oh, Which I never knew. <laughs> no, let's, let's not go near that. Yeah, it's only <laughs> since I retired. Okay, Jeez. so we're, we're now going to work with sort of these sort of models here. Okay. So this now is, you have to describe that to right, the Right, so we've got, some, we've got some new things. So these are, I, I, are these one counters? Would they have a name, these things? Uh, they're algebra disk, but I, I often use double-sided counters where okay. I use the yellow side as positive and the red, red as negative. Coming here today, I thought I'd use these Let's as mix a it up. So we've know. got these disks um, and they've got a, a one or a positive one on yeah. one side and a negative one on the other. And at the moment, I'm looking at four positive one disc. Okay, good. Right. So, so we're going to go back and do the same activities with young children. Uh, can you make me the number? And it's make me the number. Make That's me one the more than four. One more than four. Yep, okay, so I'll so another counter. Bring in a one yeah, in and you've this. got five. Okay, good. So we'll go back to four. Okay. Can you make me a number? That's one less than four. Yes. So you're doing a taking away subtraction. Got it. So, yeah. Got it. Now, when we did this in Uganda, and the next one was very funny to watch. Okay. Can you make me the number 
that's one more than that. So you've now got. turned over four counters. Yes. We've got four negative one yep. counters here, and you've asked me to make one more. Uh, okay, one, one more, more than that. So my instinct there <laughs> would be to bring is another to one bring in. Bring in another yeah. minus one yeah, counter. That's right. yeah. Yes. And what you've actually done, if you now refer back to your model, is you made it smaller or less. Now that's interesting, that because yeah. and, and, and that's something that, that you know all this stuff about Daniel Wellingham is what children think about mm. that they remember. Yes. And when we're doing a lot of this work, the way I used to teach it, there's not enough thinking going on. Yes. So the minute you give people counters, even you, a trained secondary yeah, teacher, of course, I'm for a master to go, hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah. And there's a pause and some thought, and it's like, oh, actually, that's my first instinct is to mm, do oh, that. Absolutely. So what you're trying to get children to understand is that whatever's happening up here, down here it's the opposite. Yes. And you're trying to build those concepts in so they're aware, some of those ideas become aware of that. I'll tell you what's interesting as well about that, yeah. Bernie, is I was speaking to um, Jeremy Hodgson about this in a, in a previous interview, and we were talking about surprise, how mm. surprise is a powerful yes. thing. Yeah. But the point he made, and I've never thought about this before, but it's so flipping obvious, was that for kids to be surprised, they need to have knowledge. Yes. Otherwise the surprise doesn't yeah. work. So. I could well imagine, actually, yeah. you've asked me to do one more than that, stick that in there, and I can't see a problem yeah. with that. But if I now have knowledge that's been yes. built up from the number line, yeah. and you then can show me what I've actually done yes. there, then I'm like, oh, actually, now. Yeah. And that is what I describe in the book and when I talk about a cognitive shock. That's yes. like, whoa, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, that's memorable for me. So is you would almost, you're not wanting to trick the kids, but you're no. wanting to come up with these situations yeah. that, that make them think and yeah. surprise yeah. them. With that and, and this is where we're not going to go into this debate today. Do you call that discovery learning mm. or is it direct teaching? Mm, I think I've, I, what, what we've done is to set them a small task that's not going to leave them struggling for ages, like yes. about 30 seconds, yes. but it's causing them to think a little bit more about it and perhaps then to realize that that's not the right thing, rather than them telling them, or oh, this means you, you actually have to take one away. Yes, that so makes we, we, we do, do use a lot of discovery learning, but it's very small, very small tasks with very small time spent on it, so you're not wasting time, but you're trying to encourage them to, to think about that. Got it. So you could say, when you've made your model, can you mark, that and your, mark the two numbers yeah. on the number line? Okay, so think about that. Talk with your friend. What do yeah, you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you, it, and when we did it with the Ugandan teachers, they all did that, and then they all looked at each other and went, oh, ah, burst yeah. out laughing and realised they made a mistake, and, and the, the learning moved forward. Because I tell you what, that's it's a big concept, that isn't it? Because right? mm. it, but we got, don't spend time on that. No, and it's it's huge that you've got four, you've got four positive counters. Yeah. Make it one more. Just chuck another in yeah, there. Yeah, You four negative, then all of a sudden it's the exact opposite. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So okay. that's pause for thought. That would only happen if you use the counters, this sort of cardinal aspect where you're using objects and yes, counting them. Yes, yes, yes. So then you, you're going, okay, so what does it mean to make a negative number less or smaller? It means I've got to make it more negative. Yes. So if I want to make the, and this number one smaller, I do need to bring another one in. Yes, I yes. need to make it more negative. And, and then go to this Refer one, it means I to need that. to be going down. Got it. If I want to make that one bigger, I've actually got to make it less negative. Yes. And then refer back to this model as well. So perceptual variation, you're doing the same concept, but you're going deeper because you're doing it with this way of looking at it and this way of looking at it joined together. Right, let me play devil's advocate here. Yes. Right, okay. So I'm now thinking <laughs> This is where back you're about to blow this up. Oh, no, not at all. So I'm thinking back to when I used to do negative numbers. And as I say, I was using this, the soup analogy, which is... Yeah, yeah. Now I look back, I, I don't think it's particularly good. But I'm looking at this and I'm thinking it's 
almost a similar thing in the sense that if we take, if we go back to what we had at the yep. start, so if we have four ones, and if you, so I would say, okay, we've got some soup, it's four degrees, yep. um, I want to make it one degree hotter, yep. so I would add a counter yep. in, flip it over, I've got soup that is uh, four degrees, uh, minus four degrees, sorry, yep. or negative four degrees, I want to make it one degree hotter, yep. So it almost feels, actually, now I can picture that I want to go hotter, so I'm, I'm going to take one, one yeah. away. So I'm thinking the kind of soup thing holds up with these things, and I can refer back to the number yeah. line, but does this, does this, have a, does this approach with the, the discs have, a, have an advantage over that kind of soup, fire, ice, and all that kind of yeah, stuff? Yeah, my, my experience of working with young children particularly, and then using these ideas with much older children is, when they're actually handling something, and you were you were at my maths con four fourteen, mm. yes, is that when they all sat doing simultaneous by purely abstract methods, no conversation, no conversation. Yeah, when I asked yeah, them to do yes. with equipment, they are much more engaged and thinking, and then conversations start. Yes. So I find that you, making people, adults and children, move things and operate yeah, on them and yeah, do yeah. things causes them to think more about it, and usually hang on a minute, let's have a chat, what do you think on this? Yes. And, and engage in that far more than just analogies on their own. Yeah, that, I, I completely agree. And I guess the other problem with analogies is they have to understand the analogy as well, right? So yeah. having to yeah. present what's flipping yeah. soup and temperature, yeah. it's, it's all extra complexity. Of okay. course, the argument is, God, this takes ages, you haven't got time to do that. If you don't do this, yeah. you're going to be constantly spending all the time further up trying to sort this out. Absolutely. So, uh, and, and I haven't finished all of this. We're still reading stuff and trying to uh, pull other people's ideas in and try things out on our own. Okay. Okay, so there's one more and one less, and the idea that less means more negative and more means more positive moving. And would it, so we've started with the number line. Yeah. We've gone to the counters. Would we go, would we then go completely abstract and show them things like six add minus three as a calculation, or is that a lot later? No, 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 no. Well, addition and subtraction always comes later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first yeah. of all, it's getting a concept of what it is, what's more, what's less comparing things, what's one more, what's one less. Yeah, so it's exactly the same as we do with the young children with number, yes. but bringing those ideas up into how we deal with negative numbers. You know, do the same depth, do the same step-by-step -step process. And would it, again, we're not going yeah. to, well, we're going to talk a little bit about algebra when we do simultaneous, but it, would it be a similar thing when you introduce algebra first? Is it is it the one more, one less with that before you go anywhere near any operations or simplification or anything? Yeah, or? they have to understand what, what those things mean. Got it. Right, yeah. okay. All right. And, that, and that's why I think we fall down. We don't spend enough time yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like this. Um, okay, so yeah, you asked, would I go, i then sort of move on to, um, more abstract. So, okay. which do you think will be more, six negative one counters or four positive one counters? Now, this is interesting because the way you've written this is interesting. So, well, you've, yeah, you've... I've written it differently oh. here. So, I'd, I'll write it like that for you. But the reason I put them in circles was I was talking counters. But no, actually... but I like I almost I almost <laughs> like, I like that. So, you've yeah. got six brackets negative one. Well, and that's standing for six lots of negative yeah. one counters. So, that my, well, see, the, my, the way I teach maths is when I read that. I'm not, probably not thinking what you're thinking. I'm thinking that. <laughs> right, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and I can't stop that happening. So you're just seeing it visually. Yeah. Six and counters. I can do it the other yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I, that just jumps up. I have egg boxes and 10 frames, it jumps right? up. I do the other stuff as well, but I can't prevent that now. 
That's interesting. So you've got six lots of negative one counters yeah. and four positive uh, one counters, and you asked me which. Which number is greater? Which number? Re which represents a greater number? Which represents a greater number? So I'm going to say it's the four positive one counters. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to ask me why, which is going yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be annoying. Always. <laughs> and I'm going to say, and what I'd be thinking, well, four that represents four, which is again higher up on yeah, the, yeah, higher yeah. up on the number line. Okay. Okay, and then you've got a lot of things like, which of you rather have six positive ones or zero negative ones? Ooh, and what? And you're using it. Which would you I'm rather? Think, well, which is greater? Which, sorry. Okay, which okay. Is, so I would say six positive ones is greater because again it represents six. Yeah. Now that's an interesting one. In fact, yeah, yeah. You always got to bring zero in somewhere. Zero's interesting, isn't it? And yeah. I, again, and young I children notice, do zero. I noticed you. I noticed that, and I didn't. I didn't pick up on it before. But you, zero was. It was. It was common throughout when you're using the five yeah, frames. Right from the beginning. It was common when you're using the yeah. rack and rack yeah. things. Because zero, if you leave zero out, it could be a minefield yeah. later yeah. on. It's dead easy for children. If there's something there to touch, they can count it. Yeah. If there's not, that means zero. So with their hands, we have signals like show me one, one, show me zero. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately, in Uganda, that meant five, so we had to retrain them <laughs> to oh, make that five. Really? Yeah, different countries, different, different ways of doing okay. things. Okay, so zero's in there. So yeah, so yeah. Six, six positive ones, six positive one counters yeah. are, are more than zero. So it is, it, having these questions in an order which we've written, that, you know, they're all linked to each other, and they're all, at the end of then you say, so what do you summarize from that? Yes. What have you learned from that? And yes. we try and pull those concepts together and get them into not two minus and make a plus, but a really long sentence that says the whole thing. We were um, talking about that this morning. That's it. And would you, because obviously you know I'm obsessed with my take on intelligent practice or mm. using principles of variation, would it come in here? Would it be, because, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be doing six lots of negative one, comparing it to four lots of positive one. Then I'm going to change that yeah, to six yeah. lots of positive yeah. one. I'm going to change that's one I, thing at a time. Right, yeah, okay, so yeah. it lends itself quite yeah, nicely yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. That's been the biggest change, I think, in my teaching in, in the last year working with children is I'm using that a lot more. Yes. Really successful. But I have to prompt, with, with a lower ability, I have to prompt the questions. They don't, all, you know, and what's and what are they attending to? I have to tell yeah, them what we're looking of at. Of course. Whereas the, the, the quicker graspers will go, oh, that, 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 yeah, that. that. With these yeah. guys, I have to ask the questions got and prompt. It. But we still get there. Got it. Got it. Superb. Okay. Okay. So then the next big thing, uh, and if you're interested in algebra tiles, people watching this, have a look at Mark McCourt's video. Yeah, he's made <laughs> nice, on that. nice, nice. Thank you very much. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll go fresh. We'll go completely fresh. Sorry. Thank you very Let's much. So the, the, the other big thing is about zero pairs before you move on with this. Okay. So you have a one and a negative one, and we okay. know that one minus one makes zero, yeah, so but also a one and a negative one makes zero. Now, this I have to say is not so convincing, but okay. I don't know whether you saw, I, I was able to do it at MathsCom 14. I have access to, <clears throat> I hope this is not going out to Singapore, I have access to <laughs> one of the apps they use online, right, okay. where they teach with us, and right. uh, the app, if you bring a one and a negative one disc, and you put them on top of each other, they go, and they disappear. Oh, okay. And I like children to see that at least once, even if they haven't got access That's to the app themselves. Okay. So you get the idea. We know one take one is zero, but if I, when I'm using equipment like this, which is why I love computers and animation and things, if I put that on top of that, okay. it's not so convincing. Why is that zero? But if you see the app where you see the one and the negative one, and they go, and they disappear, it helps children grasp the ideas. Okay. There's a lot of online software I use for convincing children about things because the animations are absolutely brilliant. Got it. And we, 
And the reason that you're not as big a fan of when they're just on top of each other is you want zero to represent just I, I want them to go. Just to go. Yeah, Got to it. go. Got it. So okay. when we're working with this, when we do a zero pay, we will actually get rid it's of it. It's gone. Them. Got it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Got but, it. And, but all these online things now are fantastic for convincing children. Animation is just they go, oh, yeah, got it, got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so what are we doing? Zero pairs. So if I've got one and a negative one. Yep. Yeah. Now, I'll probably put them like this a lot. Oh, yes. Because yeah. when I'm doing, uh, the, the children we teach, and in this country a lot more of Dunbar modeling, so when things are opposite when you're comparing them, we tend to put them underneath each other. So you've got here the one so, counter and the direct. Yeah, direct so when we're doing, um, and come to this in a moment, when we're doing comparison with children um, and you want to compare things, you have this one-to-one -one correspondence. So we'll put them underneath each other. Right. Say okay. they match, they match, these match, or yes. there's one more there. Yes. So when I'm doing things which are kind of opposite to each other, I'll put them underneath each other. Got it, got it. And then I'll do... That. Got it, got it, got is that it. Okay? okay, yes. So the other thing you need to understand is okay, to be able to do, there are different ways of using these counters and doing it. So we're mixing it up with a few ones. So there's a model of four. So you've got four ones in a row. You're happy yeah. that's four? Very happy. Okay, right. I'm going to bring in what I call a zero pair. Okay. Now, what's that zero pair worth? Uh, zero. Okay, so if I bring this in here and ask what number does that represent? A lot of children are going, one, two, three, four, five, take away minus one is four. Yes. The ones who get it will realize that they're a zero pair. So this is still actually a model of four. And especially if you've asked them in isolation whether it's what it represents. Yeah, yeah. you have to work on the concept of zero got pairs it. first. Yes, so, got it. Okay, okay, so what number does that represent? So we're now adding another zero pair, yeah. so still four. It's still four, still four. Okay. got it. Yes. So I can, I can bring those in because those actually are worth zero. And they yes, go. yes. And as Mark said on his, his, his blog, that's a really important point yeah, to be able yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we're getting into shaky Terry. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay I'll have a sip of water for this. Okay. Now, if you can spot the holes in this, good for you. <laughs> so, six minus two. Six minus two, yeah. okay. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, well, normally I have, and in order to answer your question about the simultaneous, I have to go to this Okay, depth, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, no, Because this is the way I look at this it. This is nice. So we've got six. Now, this, this can mean an operation of taking away two. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly what so I'm So the answer is four. Yeah, six counters, take two off. Count it's four counters. You're happy yep, with that? Very yeah? happy. Now, um, there is another model of this, is that there's six and negative two. Okay. And this is what they do in Singapore, but I, and we introduced it this way around. So you've six Formally counters. what I'm doing is I'm representing this now as six plus a negative two. Okay, we've six yeah. positive counters and two negative one counters, yeah. six plus Which negative is, two. So our model is we don't go into that straight away. So we say another way of modeling this, besides six take away two, is six and a negative two. Okay, yes. Because yes. we'll actually, It'll come to the same thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. Happy with that? I think you so. You buy into that? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm all right with that, Good, yeah. got past that one. <laughs> is, that the do is that the dodgy one? <laughs> That's possibly the dodgy one. There's a few more to come. Doesn't matter. Okay, so then we've got what's to... I was quite liking that, though. No, 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 okay. no, no, We'll talk later. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Right, so we've got two minus six. Now, this two. is the question we talked about yeah, earlier. Yeah, two minus now, six. Okay, this fine. subtraction here, I'll come back to in a bit doesn't appear to work. No, it doesn't. Okay, but we can represent it. And we've done a lot of this with year six children. I've done it with younger children as well to try it out. They're really happy with these models. Mm. 
Um, so I can also represent it as 2 and negative 6. Yes, okay. So what happens there? They disappear. Yes. So I'm ending up if with negative 4. Negative 4. Yeah. Later on, I will do 2 minus 6. I will show you how to do taking away. But for the moment, I'm not going to do the taking away model. So when I read this sign here, yeah. I have, although I've said it's subtraction, when I'm trying to model it with this, I've got two ways of thinking about it. Yes. 6 take away 2. Yeah. Or 6 and a negative and 2 negative. will give me the same result. So this, right, okay. So you're, you So this looks really complicated to you first on. I know no, it does. No, every, no, 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 no. Everyone's the same. You've, you've kind of got an, so you've an and in there, right? So yeah, it's yeah, six absolutely. and a negative. Yes, two. that's exactly what it is. And without the app, I can't show you. That's exactly how they demonstrate the it. and is in there, right, okay. And that's And you remember earlier on with the young children, before you did addition and subtraction, yeah, you did and. and. So two <laughs> takes six is a two, positive two and yeah. a negative if we, six. As we get to it in a bit formally, we could write it like this. Jeez, I'll tell you what's running through my head straight away. Yeah, yeah. And this is kind of thinking ahead. I'm just thinking <laughs> of, a, I'm a, it's good, it sounds tenuous, this, but I'll bring it yeah, back. Yeah, no, thinking no. probability, right? And whenever I teach probability in tree diagrams, it's all about the, look out for the and. What does the and mean in probability? And yeah, talking yeah. about kind of multiply yeah, something yeah. And, and something. And it's just making me think how flipping confusing maths is to kids because oh, the you language can imagine is... them getting really comfortable with something. Yeah. When I've got and, I'm, I'm using, I'm adding, it's almost like I'm, I'm getting a six and I'm adding on to the yeah. two, two negative twos and then we do another area of maths and the and means something completely yeah. different. For, for me in that context, and I spent a lot of time with this, and I'm going to impose another condition. Yeah. So it's going to get smaller and smaller, less likely. Yes. So that there's yes. a different context to and there as well. Oh, tricky into Yeah, maths, I mean, we, very much concrete, pictorial and abstract. And Louis Pennington from here wrote a thing on this as well. But there's the language, and Mark puts in a lot on about the language as well. The vocabulary that we use needs to be really precise. It needs to be really mapped out. Yeah. What stage will we be using that language? What does it mean? You know, do I say minus or take away? Actually, they're very different. So, and we're very, even from reception, we have two concepts for addition and two concepts for subtraction. It's not just take away. Flipping and we have two concepts for multiplication and two concepts for division. Jeez. It's, it's, it's really technical. The, the, is, lower, the further is. down you go, honestly, the harder oh, it is. It's no surprise to me. This and then if you don't get it right, the misconceptions Absolutely. just kick off Absolutely. and they carry on forever. They never really recover. But again, I, I keep, I've made the point before, I'm keeping keep going back to it. It's not just the fact that the, the early years of primary teachers are just doing this. This is just one component of oh, their yeah. job, right? Yeah. That, they've got English yeah. going on, they've got all... Yeah. God almighty. Same as Singapore, though. They're all, uh, currently, they're all uh, generalists. Yes. But they are moving to the same as Shanghai. They're, they're maths they're, from now on, the new training, they are just maths and one of the subjects. Yeah, okay, that makes because sense. Because they're realising to move... This is so technical, this stuff. Um, we have to spend a lot of time with our teachers, you know, explaining this to yeah, them, and working absolutely. with them. Okay, right. Anything else coming next with with negatives? Uh, so we can get away. Can I, can I just do yes, zero? So say you add um, zero, take something. Yeah. Well, what would would you? So let's say zero, take three. What? How would you? Well, let, let's do the two, take six first, should we? So oh yes, yeah, sorry, yeah. of course. No, no, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then we'll get to that. Okay. So, so two. 
Take away six. Yeah. Okay. It's much easier to put the negative six here and they cancel out. Of course, that. I, really like easy. I like okay. that. It's yeah. lovely. I li that's why we start with that. It's easier for the oh, children. Oh, there's something else. Oh, yeah, that's the real way of doing it. Okay. Oh, so two subtracting six. So um, I want to take away six. And we go back to this early childhood yeah. thing. You can't. can't do it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's a clever way around it. Okay. Okay. Can you? Let's bring in a zero pair. This is still two, isn't it? Still two. Okay. Yeah. Can you take away six yet? No. Okay. So let's keep let's keep bringing our zero pairs in. Oh, Can you take away six yet? Yeah, this is going. This is no, nice. Okay. But it, it's the conclusion where children get to as a result of this. This is the important thing we want to get to. Okay. So can you take away six? So we've now, now got two ones and essentially four zero pairs. Yeah. But of so course, you can we've take now away your got six. six. We can take away. We're left with the negative four. Again, I think I, think I like that bit. Okay, and then, then it is the sort of uh, metacognition about trying to look back at what actually happened. And, of course, you can't drag these out every time. No. So let, let's really have a look at this and think about what happened. We started with two, and when we uh, took away six, what happened? It went to negative four. Yeah. Why did it go to negative four? Um, <laughs> because we were kind of left with the, the negative parts of the, the zero pairs, and okay. the positive parts had gone. Let's jump around and do six take away negative two. Six take away negative okay. two, okay. So I'm jumping a few steps yeah, yeah, here, yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. we're kind of running out of time, I think, oh, so in the answer some of the questions. So here's a model of six. Yeah. Actually, the best one is to start with is negative four take away negative two. This is the order in which I usually teach it. Oof, negative but, four yeah, take away. It sounds away. really complicated. Actually, it's, it's one of the simplest ones of the lot. So you've got negative four there. Yeah. Okay. Can you uh, take okay. away negative two? Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, good. So, so what away. happened? Did the number get greater so the or the number got greater. It got, got greater by two. Yes. Okay. So what, you play around with that idea and you'll learn that if you take away a negative quantity, it's going to get bigger. Yes. Okay, let's suppose we take the number six and we want to take away negative two. Six. So that was the easy one because you could just take them <laughs> yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. This is more complicated, okay. but we're going to reach the same conclusion. There's six. Let's take away negative two. Okay. We can't, can't we haven't got it. any. Okay, so let's bring one in. Bring Can we take it away yet? Not no. Just yet. Let's bring another one in. Can we take it away now? Yeah. Okay, good. So take them away. What effectively happened to the number that we started with? It's got too bigger. Too bigger. So what we, we draw out from that is whenever we subtract a negative number, it's going to result in this one getting bigger. Yes. And, and that's what the children eventually take away. That concept is firmly implanted. And so when they're reading this, they, just, they get to the very fact that if I'm going to take away negative 2, it's the same as just adding two to it. It's going to go up yeah. increasing size by two. Right. So, a couple of questions. Yeah, yeah. Straight off. <laughs> so the first off is that because this concept of a zero pair seems yeah. fundamental to this. It, right? it is. Absolutely Without it, it's not going anywhere. And you said that before that you liked the, the app, the fact yeah. that whenever you had this, it made them disappear. Yeah. But what, what's its equivalent? Does it they then then kind of reappear for stuff like this? Because I like I like the fact that they're there. Yeah, you, you just we, we did we do some work in the beginning where that's full. 
and then suppose we've established that this is zero. So yeah. if I bring this Just in, bring, yeah. the first thing children will do is count the five yeah, and then take, take away one. But then they begin to realize, they generalize, that actually it doesn't matter how many zero pairs you bring in, you're not adding anything to this. And I, I think what I'm, what I'm saying is I, yeah. I prefer this than the idea of the app where these are disappearing. I, yeah. I want these to kind of be visible at all times because they're so important. Oh, yeah, they, they, but they'll only disappear if I go on the app and put that one on top ah, of that if you one. Put them on top. So got they stay it. there yes. the whole time. Sorry, without the app With running it. here. So got it. Yeah, got it, got it, got <laughs> it. That's for people listening to this on audio. It's got impossible it. to know what's going on. Got here. it. No, that makes sense. So that's, that okay? that's my first question. My next question is so we've got here negative four take, and I'm going to be banging yeah, well, whatever you say, man. Yeah, yeah. Negative four take. Negative four, <laughs> subtract negative two, yeah. and then we've we've kind of shown or demonstrated yeah. that that's equivalent to negative four, add two. Yeah. Um, do you formalise that? Would that be? Yeah, yeah. We, the the idea is that uh, if you do this and you set it out in a, a bank of questions, intelligent practice, yeah. and then ask at the end, what did you notice? Yes. What did you find out? What did you conclude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. quick graspers will come to, well, and, and we sometimes use close sentences, so they just have to complete the sentence. And they get that if you subtract a negative number, the original number is going to get bigger. Yes. And, and rather than two minuses make a plus, that concept is there. But you also have another one in here as well going on, which is what the direct, uh, the new scheme secondary is you can also see when you have a negative and this is a minus for me so I'm not totally happy with this so but another way of teaching it is if you subtract a negative it's the same as adding the number of the opposite sign <laughs> oh. that's that's what actually happens subtracting a negative yeah is the same as adding the number yeah if you subtract something it, it all sounds very complicated, yeah, but, but that, you actually. put this into a very tight order yes. of very little bits where you then at the end ask conclusions. And the children are going to get to the stage where it's completely automated. Yeah. They're just going to go, and the, that's plus two. And the practicing things in between yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But the, the important thing is they'll still get to that stage, but if you ask them to explain it, and this is the same with all arithmetic they do, they could in terms of equipment. If you ask them to why, yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll tell you why. Okay, and then I guess my final question on this yeah. is going back to, again, the conversation I had with Jeremy Hodgson, and the kind of, the, the question that always comes to mind with this is, is what Jeremy calls the exit strategy. How are we moving kids away from a reliance on these? Does it just, does it happen naturally, or yeah. do you it, well do you do you choose questions that makes this inefficient? If that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, efficiency is the right word, um, is that it's not that's wrong, but this is more efficient. Yes. We very quickly get the children to tell us that if you subtract a negative, it's going to be the same as adding. Right, okay. And then we move very quickly, very quick, surprisingly quickly to the abstract and, and it becomes in, embedded. And if, I assume, if problems come later down the line, you just get these back out yeah. again. We can Interestingly, back since this. we've been teaching like this, uh, first of all, with young children, since we started using equipment and rather than drop number lines, there are no counting on errors. Oh. So if you do seven plus two, they'll go seven and one more is eight and nine. Children who use number lines go seven, eight and get it wrong. Children who've learned this yes. don't make sign errors in algebra with us. That makes sense. They don't make them. Okay, and last question because I know <laughs> we're going to do something. And I can eight. really say that, they don't make them. I'm, I'm almost sold by this, Bernie. <laughs> Last question before, because yep. I know we're going to move on to simultaneous, yeah, yeah. is 
my back to my suit model it's got lots of problems but its main problem is it breaks down with with multiplication and division obviously we've not got time to go into it yeah. but would you use these yeah for, yeah yeah absolutely works yeah multi multiply yeah, yeah, multiplying yeah, yeah, yeah. negative by negative yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna have to just show me something <laughs> on that, Bernie. like because this well, is this is almost the holy grail right it, so it, if, it, if you can show me why Say I don't know. Well, any any two negatives that you yeah. would like to think of multiplied. Well, I hope positive. I can. We might have to cut this. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it goes back to kind of year one, where one of the, the the perceptions of multiplication is an array. Okay. Yes. So this is two times three. So we've got. It is only two groups of three. It's six. If yes. we were to turn it like like this. That's what I love about Singapore Maths. That with the curriculum we follow, it's so precise. Yeah. That isn't two times three. That's three groups of two. Oh, so the even prescriptive is to which very we beginning. It. That's Until very later, and then it changes, but we haven't got time to do okay, that. Okay, fine, fine, fine. But fine, it fine, builds yeah. on an array. I'm happy okay. with that. So, what, what would you, a model of, well, let's take um, 3 times 4. Let's go okay. through it step by let's step. Do it, so, let's do it. what's a model of 3 times 4? Well, that's 3 groups of 4. Yes. Hey, let's build these up. Yeah, 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 let's do this. All right, so three groups of four. So I've got three rows, each with four ones yep. in it. Good, so All what right. are three fours? Three fours are 12. Okay, good. So now can you make me a model of three lots of negative four? Three lots of negative four? Yeah. Yeah, I can, yeah. <laughs> there we I'll go. Just, I'll just think, so what I'm doing now, I'm turning, no over, I'm turning over all my ones. <laughs> so I've now got three rows, each with four negative okay. one counters in it. No. You remember earlier on that I said this to me means the opposite? Yes. Okay, so what you did there, you didn't even bother thinking about it. When you put a negative in there, you flipped everything over, didn't you? Yes. You went to the opposite. So now if I read you that, I'm saying, can you flip your three lots of negative four? This is why at the beginning I've spent a lot of time on the fact that negative is inverse or opposite. I feel, do you know what I feel like here, Bernie? Like been doing been shown some street magic or something like that <laughs> somebody this is like the big reveal i think i'm happy with that because but that only comes from the fact that kids have been brought up that the negative is the opposite right and that all comes back from what you said at the start with the number yeah, like, yeah, if they yeah. get that concept that the negative is opposite yeah. then this this works what does that mean yeah, okay, so you've written sine to the minus one, so it's inverse, the opposite. Yeah, inverse. So negative in mathematics for me is something to do with opposites Opposite. in some way. And it works with and that, and that. Tra transformations of graphs. Yeah, and yeah. And it, and it, so it's, it's, you know, what is y equals x? Why about y equals negative x or minus yeah. x? So it is a big key idea that what negative means for me. Remember, I've worked most of this out myself, and you know, it's and and if anybody after watching the video wants to shoot holes in it, that's fine. I'm I'm, I'm willing I'm to learn. You know, I'm happy with that. You know. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That could be a game changer. Yeah, for the me, negative that. being opposite, but we used to have to spend a lot of time. That's a big that's, concept yeah. that's going to run. Yeah. Through if everything. you open up straight with this, right? No, yeah. No. Exactly. All right, I'm happy with and, that. And, and I said, it's still a work in progress. We're okay. still working on, there's three of us a team, and we're trying to shoot the holes in it by teaching the kids and finding out where it's not working. Got and it. looking at what other people are doing as well. Got it. Right, simultaneous. Now, I just want to give a bit of background <laughs> on what you're setting up. So, for the benefit of the listener viewer, a couple of things. I have a bit of an obsession with simultaneous equations. 
because firstly, I taught it rubbish for years. And the, the way I taught it rubbish was I would teach it as if it was a complete procedure from start to finish. And I would just go over example after example after example. Sure, they'd start off easy, but um, I would take kids from the start to the finish again and again and again, and kids were going wrong, and I couldn't figure out why and where they were going wrong. And then I interviewed Chris Bolton for, for my podcast, the first time he'd been on the show. And it was a two-hour podcast, and I asked Chris one question, and that was, how do you plan a lesson? <laughs> and he talked me through in great detail, and I believe you've listened to it. Yeah, I have, yeah. Um, how he planned a sequence of lessons, and he describes it as his best ever sequence of lessons um, on simultaneous equations. And he broke it down, I think, into 13 individual skills. And he hammered each of those skills um, using kind of a model of deliberate practice, then knitted it all back together. And I thought to myself, that is it. That's game over for me. That is how I'm going to teach simultaneous equations. So I was very happy with myself there. And then I went to Maths Comp 14, 14 I think it was, in Kettering. And Mark McCourt said, you've got to go and watch, watch Bernie's session. And you were doing simultaneous equations. And you were doing it, and I spoke about this on the conference takeaway podcast that I recorded straight after it. And you were doing it with like flipping seven-year-olds or something absolutely mental like that. Uh, like, Five-year-olds oh, and six-year-olds. Don't be telling me this. Don't be telling me this. So, and it was a, it was a completely different way of doing yeah. it. That, that I, so, I've a million questions, but before we dive into them, how how do you do? Yeah, what's the age group that we're starting with, and how does it all start? This kind of notion of equations, simultaneous equations, and so on. Okay, so the this is uh, the one I showed uh, at the conference. This is a poor picture of this one over here. Okay, and I set it up where I gave. Um, I just gave adults those equations there, yes. and they didn't let them know about this. Yes. And then we showed them a little child of yes. five going, solved it. Um, and I should say, like, this one is one you'll really have to watch on the video. Yeah, yeah. We've essentially got, it's kind of like a puzzle grid, right? We've got, um, we've got a three by three grid, and we've got two shape, two rectangles and a car equals five, three kind of fish things equal six, and so on. And we've, we've, as teachers, we know that these kind of hidden simultaneous equations in there, but crucially, there's no, there, there's no letters, there's no equations or anything like that. It's just kind of like a, a picture puzzle for, for, for kids to try and uh, to solve, but yeah. Okay, which goes, sorry, I'm thinking of you asked me, is there a connection to how Chris teaches this? Yes. And um, the answer is there is one connection. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm just gonna backtrack yeah, a little yeah, bit. Is from a very early age, we're going back to those number bonds, okay. is that children learn um, that you can solve some equations, definitely, and some you can't, except they don't call them that. And I had a particularly, visiting a school recently, I had a complete car crash of a lesson with this because the children didn't know these ideas. Right. So when we're doing number bonds for five with young children. Now the cups are out here. The cups are out, you've got okay, a red okay. cup and a blue cup. Okay. The signal is that there's different quantities in here. Okay. Because they're different colors. They call it right, okay, fine, okay? fine. So, all they know is that there are, and I'll come back to this after this one in a minute, sure, but I need yeah, to show sure. you this first, is there are five cubes in here. Five cubes. In there, but I'm not gonna tell you how many. But I know the different. You know they're different, okay? And they're all in the cups. Yes, yeah. so when I ask these two guys, not my kids, I've gone to visit, okay, do you know how many definitely in there? Yes! Okay, so how many do you <laughs> yeah. say in there? There's three and two. Okay, anybody else definitely yeah. know? There's four and one. Okay. Yeah, okay. And they had never played with these ideas, so they didn't realize that actually I can't definitely tell you the answer to that. And that's a big thing. It's right? a big thing, but we do this with uh, reception age and, and nursery a little bit as well. 
Can you tell me definitely what's in there? The idea of not definitely knowing something yeah. in maths is massive, right? Absolutely, and it, and it gets overlooked a lot. We're so busy solving things and finding things, we forget the fact that from a very early age, these concepts, are, you know, I explain to teachers how important this is later. Yeah. You can't tell me definitely. Okay, and then we think mathematically. Can you give me a list of possibilities? Okay. Five, zero, four, one, yes. and we're back to our number bonds and that. And is this, am I right in saying that this plays upon this idea of hiding things as well? That you yeah, really yeah, yeah, it, it forces, it's yeah. Yeah, hide that. a lot of stuff. It's good that. <laughs> and puppets okay. getting it wrong. Okay. Uh, it's very important. So we're I, using this for the concept that you don't definitely know something, yeah. but we're starting this possibility. If I give you this. So now we've got two blue cups and four counters. Yeah. Can you tell definitely yeah, what's in there? Can. I definitely can. Definitely okay? can, yeah. yeah, that's nice. And sometimes I don't tend to do this to young children. <laughs> so now we've got five counters and two blue cups. So this would be kind of unsolvable, right? It's so unsolvable. Yeah. And you'd possibly bring that in. Yeah, and, and some kids with very young children would totally chop that down the middle. Really? Okay, so you've already, at That's the very beginning, you've got the idea that there can be one solution there, no solution, and multiple solutions. I'll tell you what, this, this is similar to Chris's start, right? Yeah, because yeah, no, Chris no, would yeah. focus on... That's why I wanted to bring that in. What is an equation, what yeah. is simultaneous, yeah. what's solvable. Yeah. But the twist is you're doing this with five-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? But, okay. but you Slide have difference. to if yeah, they're yeah. going to have a real number sense. Got it, got it. Um, again, we hide things in there. We say, you know, and the other thing, sorry, I didn't do was, okay, uh, again, imagine you're four years old, Craig. Shut your okay, eyes. Hang yeah. on, before you close your eyes. Okay, okay. Okay, how many cubes are there on there? Uh, five cubes. Okay, good. Now, with a, a younger child, I might have to put in a pattern like that for them to yeah, spot yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, right, close your eyes, Craig. Okay, yeah, Okay, close your eyes, close your eyes, close yeah. your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Open your eyes. Okay, I've hidden some underneath here. Okay. Do you know how many I've hidden underneath so there? So there's one left out that I can see, so four. Is yeah, and they the might use their hands and do yeah, things okay. like that. But hiding things again yeah. makes things happen, solves it. They're solving equations, that's a... And I'll tell you what. You've just solved an equation, though, yeah. really, but in, in a very young age. There's a few things I like about that. Yeah. I like the visual aspects, yep. and I'm being increasingly sold on this throughout, yeah. the, throughout this conversation. <laughs> I like the... The kind of reward that they get. Yeah. Oh, of, of they, being, they like, jump with joy. Yeah. And <laughs> it's it's convincing, right? Because there's there's one thing me saying to them that is the right answer, yeah. but it's a completely different ball game if they see it's the right answer, yeah. right? So I absolutely love that. And also, and this is something I've been thinking about lots, and this comes from Dan Willingham, and also my conversation recently with Jeremy Hodgson. The power of stories, um, yeah, and particularly, yeah, and, yeah. and the fact that you can—it sounds the most stupid thing ever—but you can tell a story there, right? You can say, "I have five counters. Yeah. Now look away. This is now what I've got. Yeah. What's happened?" Yeah. And that's far more enticing than either describing it abstractly or something. So I, I love this. I love and, this. And then you just close your eyes, Craig. Okay, yeah, good yeah. boy. Okay, okay. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Okay. okay. Which one do you want to see, Craig? The red or the blue? Uh, blue, please. Okay. So can you tell me how many are under the red? So you get an element of choice yeah, thing what you do I as like well. That. So you look, and for young children, it should be a game. It should be magic. Math should yeah, be, yeah, you know, yeah. Math should be fun. I like that. Right, I'm in. So cups have got me to the idea <laughs> of solvable, not solvable, yeah. but crucially also that some things I don't know for definite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, got it. And got you it. then make a systematic list of what they yeah, could be. Yeah, I can make the list. Thinking mathematically. Yes. Okay. Yes. So then with children here, um, pretty much this, this this I did with a group of reception, and I did it with a whole group mm -hmm. um, at the board and on a big white board with magnetic things. Four, four, four and five year olds. 
Yeah, four and five-year-old. By, by the end of the week, they were chasing each other on these, having competitions, who finished it quickest. So, <laughs> okay, okay. one, one idea, isn't it? Well, this is actually, you know, what I've done is to take from a website, I can't remember the name of it, I'd mentioned okay. them, but I've made the numbers smaller and within their range. Oh, okay, so we've got totals. I've made sure that all these really are one, two, and three. Go, right, now, fine. What I'm, what I'm really interested in young children is them not doing trial and improvement. Okay. But actually using deduction. Okay. So trial and improvement would be I could put one on here and one yeah. on there. And I don't really like that, and I try to encourage mathematical thinking. Okay. So can you start there? No. No. Because you've got two unknowns. Remember, it's like the blue and red cup. You, yes. don't, you can't be definite. Yes. Okay. Uh, can you start here? Mm. It's like a blue cup, a blue cup, and a red cup. No, you can't no. be definite. So where's the place you can start? I mean, you could argue that you could do this one because... As long as the cups have, to, it it can only be one, one and two, can't yeah, it? Yeah, but you're but, doing trial improvement there. You're you're beginning to start with a I number, am, then do I another. Am, yeah, of course, I see. So the what I want I children to difference. do is to be able to look at this and know where to start. Yeah, that I comes see much it. later in equations. Like I got all these equations. I remember A level. Yeah, Which one do I start with? One You're absolutely right. So the the only place I can start for definite is, yeah, is this yeah. one here. I've got yeah. three of the same now, thing. Now they may not have a lot of number facts yet, so. They might, this is where the trial and improvement comes in, but they've got the right place. Maybe one on each doesn't work. Yeah. And this also helps them acquire number facts as well by playing these games and working these out. They're also practicing number facts, but also really thinking mathematically. I'll tell you what the other thing, before we dive too yeah. into this, that I, I love about this, and I think this is overlooked as well, and it goes back to what we were just talking about and what, what Chris Bolton does, is decisions in maths are so yeah, important. Yeah. <laughs> and they get overlooked yeah. so much. No, no, no. Um, and it goes like in secondary, deciding whether to use Pythagoras or yeah. trigonometry, deciding sine rule or cosine rule. But here, deciding where to start. Yeah, the that's that's a skill, right? If you yeah. if you get if you don't know where to start, no. you're screwed. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're oh, an yeah, expert no. and everything else. So I love the focus that the cups get you to think about the deciding. Yeah. And now we're on to the kind of yeah. next bit of it. A lot of this comes out of preparing 13-year-olds uh, uh, for scholarships to Eton, Westminster, St. Paul's, a Junior Olympia, maths competitions. It's like, what do I want them doing at 13? What sort of mathematic thinking? Okay, what does that look like at three, yeah, four years yeah, old? Yeah, How yeah, can yeah, I get yeah, that yeah. in? So that's what we're trying to develop. Right, okay. So, are there any other guitars here? No. Okay. Well, they guitar. I've seen so fish were before. Pictures. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry <They> were, <laughs> my drawing is not good. Got it. All right. We got okay, three, three guitars. <laughs> right, got it. Got it. Got it. And then you have to decide where to go next. Then another decision is, and they really yeah, pick this up so yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Oh, I need to go here. So I have to go there. Yeah. Okay. Like now, it. if they're not good with numbers, they can have. Well, look. I know there's four in there all together, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've got two, two here. There. So again, that's deduction, not trial and improvement. Of course. You can use counters to help, and you're developing number facts. Yeah, I like this. So, and they carry on through that. That's good. That, okay. If you write that down algebraically, it looks terrible. It looks like this. So we've got, for the benefit <laughs> yeah. of anyone still listening... By the way, I put that one on last on purpose because yeah, it's the starting place, course. so I hid it at the end. So this nicely looking kind of number picture puzzle can be reduced to 2b plus c equals 5, b plus 2c equals 7, 2b plus g equals 4, <laughs> b plus g, and it's just, it's a horrendous series of, of yeah, six equations. Yeah, and it's that decision, where do, I start? where do I start? Well, you need to know which ones you can solve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which ones you can't, and four-year-old children, five-year-old can make those decisions. Can make that decision, but you wouldn't. So they're not seeing. Oh no, 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 not going no. near this at no. any stage. I mean, I skipped over these. I can do a lot of stuff like that by with green. 
plus blue equals blah, blah, blah. so things. you can start the algebra there but uh, and again the, I think this is a, it's an obvious point it's an important point this is the least important bit of the whole process the kind of formalizing it right yeah like but in the past, I know I've jumped to this too yeah. fast, whereas all the thinking is, is it's all here. Yeah, and that was the idea of this one. It, and it came out of, I think it was the Singapore teachers who visited this country, and, and I, I may be doing them an injustice, but somebody visited and said, in our country, our job is to make difficult maths look very easy. Right, okay. The English seem to, or the UK, <laughs> seem to have a, a skill for making Easy maths yeah, look very difficult. Yeah, that's dabbing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, somebody did say that, but I can't remember where. So the, the whole point of this, and it answers one of your questions later, was I don't believe that young children should probably be doing this, but I wanted to prove a point that they could. Oh, okay, fine, okay. fine, fine. Okay. As my wife, uh, Dr. Karen McNerney, who's got a, a doctorate in early years education, is constantly on my case about just because they can do this, Bernie, doesn't mean you should be doing right, it. Right, okay, okay. But it's like, I just want to show that this approach can be done by very done. young children. Okay. Um, so what do we, just describe yeah. what we've got here, because this, this, I remember... This is where we started, uh, when we first met. Jeez, right, so we've got here... Um, we've got, <laughs> I'm bad at me flowers. Let's, what would you call I, these? Flowers. flowers. I chose them randomly because I just wanted something to be completely random. I like them. So we've got four <laughs> flowers and a leaf is 33, and three flowers and a leaf is 26. Yeah. And above it, we've got the kind of algebra, yeah. re algebraic representation of those, yeah. those simultaneous equations. And I think if I remember when I asked them to, uh, to solve that bit first, when we did this with the yes. teachers, and they pretty much all to, uh, to a man did the same thing. And I know they're all trained and highly qualified and brilliant uh, secondary math teachers. Not one of them spotted something that children see. So they all did 4x minus well, 3x, exactly y what minus y. So yeah. I'm seeing 4x plus y equals 33, 3x plus y equals 26. Immediately, simultaneous equations, I'm going to subtract the bottom one from the top yeah, one. Okay. And that's exactly what I'm going to do yeah. straight away. And of course, I don't give that to young children. Yeah. I just give them the pictures. Okay. And, and the thinking skill there is, um, what's the same, what's different? Mm. And what you're leading to there is this idea of difference and subtraction. Okay. So they'll see this is the same, this is the same, this is the same, this is the same. And I noticed you've lined them up. This was something oh, that we talked yeah, you're, about you're, you're trying to, always with scaffolding to start with, yes. uh, trying, to, trying to draw their attention to yes, this. Okay? Yes, and yes, I might yes, even yes. talk about that. So, okay, these are all worth, so a flower's worth the same thing, a leaf's worth the same thing as that leaf. Yep. And they all, they, so they represent numbers. Yes. The important thing is that when doing algebra or whatever, this isn't a flower, it represents a number. Yes. And same with the cups. Yes, yes. The, the unknown isn't the blue cup, it's the number of things in there, so yeah. that's an important point. And so, why is this one worth more than that? Because, yeah, it's got yeah, the, the only, flower, the only, the only So difference. very young children, uh, reception, and, and nursery, I've done some things like this with, can see what's the same, what's different, particularly if you line them up. Okay, so what, what conclusion, what deduction, not mm. trial improvement, do we lead to from that? So that must be causing the difference yeah. between the two values. Yeah. So the flower must be yeah. worth. Yeah. Just Which is what you're doing when you do yeah. your formal procedure there. When you subtract, you're finding actually the difference. But I'm not thinking, right? No, so you're not. I'm and this is what. And I, I want to make children who think mathematically. Yeah. Not just do it, but actually think in a way. Visualization. Yeah, that's nice. And what none of the teachers see is, can you see this in here? Can you see this in there? So in here, we've got our three flowers. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And it's a different way of looking at it. Yes, yes, But yes. because it's visual, they, children see that. Yeah. And adults who've been drilled on that. Mm, absolutely. And children don't see that. 
They, so what you're doing is elimination, yeah. subtraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they also see is substitution. They see the, this in here. Yes. So this is replaced by 26. Yes, yes, yes. And they arrive at the same point, but it's a completely different way of looking at it. Got it. I like that. Yeah, I you like that. that. I'm, yeah, I'm there. And you said everything's positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really run out of time to answer your other question. Um, the other thing that gets done in scaling, well, I hope I brought Chris Bolton's equation because I, I chose his at the end to finish. Ah, with, right, it's okay. Because it's like that was his aim, so I show you how yeah, I yeah, do that cool, as well. Cool. I hope I've got it. Right. So the other thing about it's about scaling equations. We teach children to multiply equations up and multiply, divide them down. Okay. I don't think children really get that. I don't. I think it's a process they don't fully understand. So, what have we got here? So We've got okay, four flowers and two leaves are twenty-six. Yeah. Now, again, I've set it out in a way to try and help them. Yeah. So here we've got four flowers and two leaves, and four flowers yes. and two leaves. Yes. And they need to see that that four flowers and two leaves and four eight flowers and four leaves is just this two one in them. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the yeah. scaling up. I like that. Yeah. Yep. I'm and there's a, that. I got a lot to say on that, but I haven't got time today yes. about how we scale up addition, subtraction, multiplication, division. We don't really it's spend enough we, time we, on that. We're teasing people for a sequence yeah. of this birdie. I like this. Keeping them wanting okay. more. I like and it. then we've got this so what one. We've got here. So we've got uh, six flowers and two leaves of 48. And then below we've got three flowers and one yeah, leaf. Yeah. So if we see the three flowers and one leaf as being part of that, yeah. it's half of that. Yeah. And also that. The, the, the flowers have been halved and the leaves have been halved. They both yes. have to be halved. These yeah. are important ah, properties of, of things that we, and again, we skip over. There'd be potential to chuck a non-example in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah to yeah, show yeah. them something that they couldn't deduce yeah, yeah. from oh, that. And I'd always put that in. I like it. This was just for teachers, my quick one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now we're getting a bit more complex. Okay, so we've got, do you want to so read that? Yeah, so we've <laughs> got the formal ways 3x plus y equals 22 and 3x plus 3y equals 30. But then we've got it, which is fairly, fairly challenging. But then we've got it represented as three flowers and one leaf is 22 and three flowers and three leaves are 30. So I'm looking at this now and I'm thinking to myself, I mean, every fibre of my being wants to just go to the formal yeah. algorithm. Yeah. I just can't, yeah, wait, yeah. can't wait to get going on that. <laughs> but I'm looking at this and I'm, I'm wanting to kind of cover up things. I'm wanting yeah. to, to say, well, I can match up the three flowers are the same and the t uh, each got a leaf in there. So I know that the only difference is the two yeah. leaves, which must represent the difference between the total. So I can see straight away the leaves four. Yeah. yeah. So that's one way of solving it. Okay. Okay. Can you think of another way of solving? This is another thing we do a lot of. Can this, you tell and me? this is why I struggle, you know, Bernie. So again, I'm very much set in my ways. Here. Yes, so I know. Yeah, yeah. So let me think. So I could. I don't know if this is different, but I could replace that with yeah. twenty-two. Yeah. So I could take the three flowers and. Yeah. So you're basically substituting it, so it in. Okay. And these yeah. are all ideas that I'll be building on yes. formally. Yes. And there's one other way of doing it. Clue this one. Oh, so the clue's the half. So that one, they halved it. But it's not halving it. So in here, we've got the same number of X's and Y's. Oh, okay. So we've got those two and those two. You kind of pair, those two. yes. So each pair must be 10. So you pair up your flower with the okay. leaf. So if, if two, and I'll draw my flowers like that, <laughs> uh, what have we got? A flower and a leaf in each one. Yeah. Okay. So if a flower and a leaf is ten. Yeah. Then that's ten. Ah, okay. And then okay. We're good to go from and, there. Yes. And, and that's what I'm trying to encourage all the time: is is people will learn procedures, and it's very important that they do, 
but in the introductory phase, we we have a look at different alternatives, which are going to be used later on. Yeah. In in and Chris Bolton shows oh, this year nine or year ten, I think yes. it was, yeah, yeah, about multiplying right. up. Well, I'm doing scaling down, and I've done this stuff with year four children. And I'll tell you what, like my first instinct when I yeah. see something like this is I don't have time to do this. Like I've yeah. so much to get through. But it, you're absolutely right what you said before. The amount of time that this saves in the long run, yeah. because kids don't get simultaneous no. equations, or it looks like they're getting it. Yeah, but they're not. They're, and they haven't got a flipping clue. Yeah. It doesn't take much to screw them over. I think I think that was the big thing out of the John Holt book, how children fail, is that it looks like children are doing things, but often yeah, when you dig around, yeah, they're really yeah, yeah. not. And it's, then it's like, oh, what's a bit missing? It's either they're just performing, yeah. or they can just do a specific type, yeah. right? Yeah. So oh. here, I, I want children to think mathematically, realise they can reduce that equation and do an x plus y is 10. Yes. And then play around with that. And they can then use it to that one to find the difference, or they could substitute it in here. Yes, yes. Uh, and then, of course, I would do, I do all that drilling thing about we take each type and drill that, but I would be looking at it this way at the beginning. Okay. Now, when, at what stage do you want me to ask the big, the big two questions that I've got spinning around in my head? Uh... Because I can see, I can see now how we can develop this yes. for lots of different equations where everything's positive. Okay. The, the, the negative one is that is well, the, uh, two, two biggies. No, no, you no, can no. choose which order to tackle them. The one is how on earth does this work when you've got negatives, yeah. and the second one is how do I move? How or when do I move kids to a formal way of, of solving them? Uh, which do you want to tackle first? I move to a formal way when I, I can do that with young children but I would probably be doing that with older children. That would be my introduction. And, and at the same time, I'd be moving to formal methods. Because like working with the counters, okay, so what's, if we express this algebraically, when we divided our little um, flowers there into three equal groups, how do we express that algebraically here? Right. So we're dividing across by three. Everything is only that. So I, I would then move very quickly on And would that. it be the case of you, you're solving one of them using, so take that flower and leaf example, you'd yeah. solve that, we'd have that discussion exactly yeah. as we'd have. Would you then straight away represent that yeah, algebraically yeah, yeah, yeah. so they've got it and then move to another flower yeah. and leaf I'd, I'd do flowers first of all. I'd actually do cups, yep. then flowers, and then start to work uh, on, on the abstract form. But for me now, you see, when I now look at simultaneous equations like that... So, oh, geez, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. I, I'm thinking that as I do the algebra there. Right. So we didn't finish that time. We don't have time. Sure, sure, sure. But, um, so okay. you're always thinking in I can't in help it. Visual way. Yeah. All right. So you're... So, so give me an equation. So the, so that's, the, answer, the answer to that question was that you would... Um, you're doing the algebra. You're kind of bringing it in there, kind of alongside, so they can see the kind of two different representations. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it kind of becomes the fact that they no longer need to kind of rely on the No, it's, just, it's, it's perceptual variation to get a concept to really yes. understand what they're doing, to abstract that into a set of procedures and routines that they need to do. Yes. But with some understanding that if you ask them to draw that, if you ask them to, they could actually draw it and explain it to you exactly what's going on. Got it. So that's the way that we teach everything. So I just try, try to apply that to algebra and try and show you that four-year-old children, five-year-old children, six-year-old children can do this. Right, okay. So maybe now maybe, it hit me with negative. a killer one. So I'm going to, well, I'll do one that comes up nice solutions. Yes. But, I, but I'm just going to have just one, yeah. one negative sign yeah. in there. So okay. I would, we, we need to start with nice ones, and then we have to move on into the abstract ones that don't work out nicely. Right, okay. So this will be a big, 
quick test of my yep. mental arithmetic here. So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep my solution secret here. Hold on. <laughs> so this will be interesting. I'm going for 3x plus 2y equals 22. Yep. And I'm going to go for uh, x minus y. Will that be okay? Yeah, whatever. Maybe minus 2y to start with. Okay. So it's exactly the same. And we'll yeah, do, fine, do it step fine. by step. Yeah, fine, fine. So x minus 2y. <laughs> this will be embarrassing when this doesn't work. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I think they're wrong all the time. I'm going for negative 6. So 3x okay. plus 2y plus you 2 You want to double check that you're all happy with that? Uh, let's gamble. Let's okay. gamble on it. Okay. So for me, not flowers now. Okay. But a picture of this is Nike use algebra tiles. I'll just explain to you what I'm thinking. Yeah, this is please, how I'm please. visualizing this. So we've got three X tiles and two Y tiles, and they're 22. And then we've got an X tile and two negative Y tiles is yeah. negative six. Okay. Okay. So what do I see? Hmm. I see two zero pairs here. Right, okay, because you've lined them up so we've got the y on top yeah. of a negative y, y on top of a negative y, so you're seeing your zero pairs which references back to yeah. the negative numbers, okay? Okay, so, so you're let's not even talk about adding or subtracting, no, 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 let's no, no. just you're talk about... So four, four lots of the okay, x. Okay, so you're, you're seeing four x's. Yeah. Yeah, nothing else. And you're seeing, what's 22? I'm imagining 22 and negative 6, which is... Uh, 16? I was hoping it was 16, <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> uh, and then if the four X's are worth 16, I can deduce so them back to four. Yeah, okay. okay. Right, I'm happy with that. And then what would it be? A, would it be a substitution back Yeah, and then I, I now know that this, this thing here is four. Fine. So, so literally in the drawing, I do that any, there. Any of them. Uh, so, so having done a lot of this work, when you look at that, they go, oh, so there's zero pair. So let's just put them together, which we can call addition. Right, I'm sold so on So in all of these problems, the children are either putting the whole thing together, which we didn't really cover today, which is addition, or they're looking at the difference between them, which is subtraction. Okay, I'm happy with that. Yeah. So that's the first one. So what happens when now, they're not? Come on, give us the <laughs> one next. <laughs> so all I'll do this time is I'll make a different number of yeah, y's. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. all right, all right. X plus 3y equals negative 7. 2x take y equals 7. So the only difference here, so we've got a couple of things going on. We've still yeah. got the negative sign, but now we've got a different number okay. of uh, So of instead of looking at that representation, let's look at it in this representation. So you've got the x tile or disk and three y's are equal to negative okay. 7. And yep. then over here. Two x ones and then one negative yep. y one and that's equal to 7. seven. Okay. okay, cool. Yep. So Basically, is some of the strategies you've been using so far is that maybe we'll put them together. Okay. Or maybe we'll find what's different there. Okay. Okay, so is that going to be successful here? This is about making decisions. So we've got, we can see like the, z the, the zero, zero there, tile, that's, that's looking good. But then we're still going to have, yeah. we've still this concept of unsolvable. We've yeah. still got three X's and two Y's okay. that we don't So know. how do we go about sort of making this picture look a lot better like the other pictures? I don't know. All right. So what I need to do is to have more Y's down here. Yes. More okay. negative Y's. Yes. Okay. And yeah, now this yeah, is where yeah. this, this principle of ah, scaling comes in. Yes. You can't okay. just plonk another by there. So what you're doing is scaling up. You want to scale up this part of the equation. Yes. So to understand this, and there's a lot of maths behind this, you have to scale up everything. So we're going to have, 
I'm going to change this bottom picture to this. So you've added another two pairs. Yeah, of so I've scaled X's. it times three. Scaled it, okay. And I'm going to scale this by three. Ah, yeah, okay. And I'm okay, going to scale this by okay. three. Yeah. Yeah, I'm there. And now we can see that's gone. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And we've added and these together because we put them together. So it's when children, if they practice it with drawing, this is a pictorial element first, and then look at this. It's the, I'm, I'm thinking about why isn't this working? Because these are not matching up. I don't have some negative pairs. I don't have zero pairs, sorry. Yeah. So I need to change this to three. And then you have to understand about how does that work? Well, it means you need to change that okay. to six and you need to change that to 21. So, and we do not do enough no. in this country about how to scale things up. How do you scale up three plus four? What do you just double? Suppose you want to double something. Just double yeah, that one. How's that working yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. Actually, you have to double them all. But it, it, How do you scale up three times four? Well, you only scale up one of them. And it's... And, and, and these bits are missing from our teaching, I think. And it's these concepts that this... For this to be successful, it relies on the concepts of zero and zero pair yes. being absolutely yeah, like, it, solid. Yeah, you're kids, right. It's, it's, which it isn't something that gets emphasized. Certainly at secondary, I don't, I don't think. But scaling as well, like, because yeah. that, that yeah. is a passing comment. Yeah, I, I made a, it's a, the a key tweet, to it. Yeah, I made a, did a tweet on that the other day, and I probably presented it very badly. And somebody said, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, yeah. and it's like there are there are structures, things underpinning math that we do not teach, and neither do they in Singapore. Yes. That I think are missing, that are critical, and if we did teach them, our children wouldn't have the problems that they're having. And just so I can just get my head around this, yeah. you would go through it this way, yeah. and then kind of at the, after that, but with this still visible, show the algebraic representation yeah. of it. Yeah. So they're getting kind of both, yeah. and then yeah. kids at different times will be ready to kind of move Are they, they Yeah, they move when, they, when they're ready. And if you're doing an intervention, you might go back to the concrete, yeah, but it's yeah, important yeah, yeah, yeah. to have a concrete or visual to go back to to rebuild every time when they haven't quite made that abstraction. I think, I think I'm there. I think I'm there with this. And, and what's interesting is you can do this with much younger children than you normally do it because it makes it accessible to them. So all I've done is apply the same principles we apply to very young children to how would I try and get the ideas across but it, with older children, but also, more importantly for me, is because I had to get guys into competitions and scholarships, is how do I get them to think mathematically, not just yes, do procedures? Yes. How do I get them to think? See, I have a million questions going around my, around in my head yeah. about different topics, but I'm going to leave that as a teaser, save that for more, because I'm <laughs> thinking, well, what's, what's he doing for linear equations? What's he doing for this? What's he, what's he doing for ratio, blah, 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 blah? Oh, blah. yeah, ratio. I used oh. to spend months teaching that, and I discovered uh, double-sided counters, and now I can teach the whole thing in 10 minutes. Literally. Please, Bernie, don't, don't leave me a teaser <laughs> like that. Well, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll definitely oh. have to come back for more for okay. that. Um, right, you've shown me three different areas of maths yeah. that you, you teach in a visual way using a whole kind of host of, of different equipment, which is, has been, been absolutely mind-blowing um, for me there. And also, I'm a bit more convinced now about this exit strategy because it's yeah. not... I guess in my head, it was suddenly, right, we teach them this way... Yeah. Monday to Thursday, then all of a sudden Friday comes along, right, you're banned from doing that, yep. now you're doing it this way. Or it's, I'll show you all this nice way of doing it, right, forget all that, now watch me do it, yep. this procedure, but it's not that, is no, it? No, it's, it's a it's, transfer, concreteness yeah, fading yeah. as you move from the visual, concrete, pictorial element to abstracting that into a procedure. But when you get stuck, 
and this is where my maths I taught myself is, so when I get stuck and I can't remember the procedure, I've got something to fall back yeah, onto. I have a, that's why I visualize everything. And so I, everything for me now is two things. Procedures, I obviously know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I also think in pictures. Flipping and what we didn't get enough chance to go today is the difference one about you subtract them, but that's an idea I'm working on. Another teaser for another teaser. Another time. <laughs> There's going to be years of these that we're going to have to do, Ben. All right, well, let's let's move on to a few reflections. I'm going to hand over to you for, for your big three. Um, first reflection is um, like it's interesting. We had a conversation um, last night over dinner yeah. about how you've been teaching for for many years, but it's only in kind of this last 12 months to 18 months that you've had chance to do like a lot of reading yeah. and a lot of thinking about things. So I wonder what is it that either you've read recently or something you've read in the past that's particularly influenced your thinking? In the past, I'm not a great reader, as you know, because uh, I find it very painful and, and, and hard and difficult, as in writing is even worse. I think one of the books that um, impressed me most was John Holt, How Children Fail, okay. and then How Children Learn. Now, I've not read this, but I've had yeah, this no, we, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, and a couple of phrases, I, meeting you has caused me to look back at a lot of things. <laughs> I can't remember anything, so I have to look it up. It says, and the quote is, I doubt very much if it's possible to teach anyone to understand anything. That is to say, to see how various parts of it relate to all the other parts, to have a model of the structure in one's mind. We can give other people's names and lists, but we cannot give them our mental structures. They must build their own. Now, you said this to me last night. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking about this as I was going yeah, to yeah. sleep. So you don't think it's possible, or, or Holt and you agree yeah, with yeah, this, yeah. to teach kids to understand something. We, we can give them, we can teach them procedures. Yeah. They've got to make the connections, and if we use schema or whatever model, yeah, we think yeah, yeah. they've got to develop them themselves. Yeah, that we, we can point. I, I, one of the things I read that you've me about teaching is that uh, we mustn't see maths as this topic, this topic, this topic, this topic. We must see maths as, as connecting together ratio, proportion, fractions. Mm. But we need to make that explicit to our children and our teaching how these areas are all connected. Right. And we can lead them towards that, but they, they, I, I guess at heart I believe that children will construct their own concepts and understanding. What I'm in the business of doing is to try and to find equipment and things to help to them help to lead them, them to yes. that point. Which is the other one, he says, uh, we make a serious mistake in asking children to perform symbolically operations which they could not perform concretely. So if a child can't work with a group of 37 and a group of 28, and find out how many more it is, he shouldn't be doing 37 minus 28 as, a, right. as an abstract operation. Yes. I think that would really influence a lot of my thinking. I'm guessing. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, uh, I don't remember what I've read, but it, it kind of comes into my teaching and that I just go with that. So I think he taught me a lot. Um, I'm gonna have to have a read of that book. I think it was a, another terrible phrase was that <laughs> children come to school curious. Within a few years, most of that curiosity is dead or at least silent open a first or third grade to questions and you'll be de deluged. Fifth graders say nothing. They either have no questions or will have asked them. They think, what's this leading up to? What's the catch? Yeah. And it's, um, I'll tell you what's interesting though, Bernie, is whilst, because again, there's this, there's this big debate, it's all kicking off on Twitter all the time, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> explicit versus inquiry and mm. constructivist progression and all yeah, this yeah. kind of stuff. But what I'm seeing from this is that you believe students have to construct their own meaning, but you're not just leaving them to figure stuff no, out themselves, no, no, no. right? It's, it's a very carefully constructed, it, learnt a lot from, uh, from Singapore maths 
and their books. And it's the structure, it's the language, it's the yeah. activities, it's the examples yeah. so carefully thought through. So carefully. That, yeah. that then allows them to construct. Yeah, the uh, but, but you often have to tell them as well. Yeah, of course. But, of course. but, but at least you'll, you know, half of them will do it on their own. Some of them will be pointed there. But it, it, I, I just try and do that and then also make connections for them, help them make those connections. Got it. Got it. My other thing I wanted to ask you about reflecting is, is there anything you've changed your mind on? So something that you used <laughs> to kind of hold dear and think was pretty true that recently you've, you've started to change a bit? Yeah, I, I taught for 39 years and successfully, if I say so myself, if I judge <laughs> by exam results, if that's success. Since I've retired, I've done a lot of reading. I, you see a man in the middle of a meltdown, really, at the moment, <laughs> because I think that every central pillar of, of my of this construction of teaching has been knocked down in the last few years, particularly the last year as I read stuff. And I, I was talking to my head of department, Becky Levy, at the school where I worked yeah. yesterday, and I said, I'm even more confused than last time we spoke. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in a, uh, a transition period of where I'm not really sure what I believe. Yeah. Um, but I'm still teaching the way I did, but I, I'm taking, trying to take a lot of ideas on board. And I, and I don't like going to this side or that side. I think that I'm trying to draw yes. the best bits. This is what they did in, in Singapore. They went around the world and said, what's the best bit, what's successful? I'm trying to draw those in. And I'm in, in the, the midst of rebuilding what I think maths teaching is about. What would be an example of like one of those central pillars? That oh, a, a, a simple one is for young children. I used to hate them using finger counting. Yeah. And then I read some stuff, and it turns out that's a load of rubbish. I was completely wrong, so we've had to change that. Um, just so many things that I, uh, have changed. I, my memory's terrible, so that's one I can definitely yes, remember. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, teaching algebra has complained, changed completely in the last two, three years. I've researched that, look at the ways other people teach it, how to bring this in. That's changed totally and utterly. There's another teaser there. I like, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And last question before I hand over to you is, um, is there anything you wish you knew when you first started teaching that you know now? I've written down here everything I've learned in the last six years since I retired. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, isn't it? But do you, again, this is a, because I, I often think that myself, because I've, I've changed a load over the last two mm. years. But then when I was interviewing Anne Watson and John Mason, Anne made the point when I asked her that question, she mm. said nothing because she used the phrase, speak to her condition. She thought that if she'd have been told all this stuff when she'd have been first started teaching, she wasn't ready to hear yeah, it. Yeah, that, that's true. So do you think you've had to, have you had to go through all the kind of things you've gone through to now be at the point where you can start questioning it? I don't know the answer to that question. No, it's, it's a difficult one, She's isn't She's a far it? more intelligent, <laughs> knowledgeable, wise person than I am, I'm afraid. Now, as I said, I'm in the middle of a complete meltdown at the moment in many yeah. ways, so... Um, ask me that question in a year. I hope I'll we'll have a, a much better answer for you. Fantastic. Well, over to you now for your big three. So we'll put links to these uh, in the show notes and below the video. But what three other websites or blog posts would you, would you recommend our uh, listeners check Well, out? this is not just because I'm working with you today, Craig. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Barton Maths podcast oh, nice. has been uh, a revelation for me. I spent many happy hours lying in uh, my um, Florida on a sun lounger listening to those uh, on my iPad. It's, been, it's opened a whole new world to me, as is Twitter. It's amazing. I think you do an incredible job. You have all these world experts just coming on and chatting, and they're so erudite and well-spoken <laughs> and coherent, unlike today. Um, just amazing. I've absolutely loved that. It's changed my life. Oh, it's very, very kind. Thank, right. thank, and thank and you a lot of other people I see. Thanks, man. Um, Mark McCall's Blogspot mm. is, a, is a great one of mine, particularly his... Um, 
massive work on yeah. on mastery. He's such a clever guy. He's so erudite, well read, um, knows his stuff, and explains it so well. Everybody's getting a lot out of that. And my third choice would have to be. I, I, I'm actually going to have five. Um, <laughs> in terms of for teachers, uh, Mathspot yes, is a Halls, great yes. resource and diagnostic questions because that's we're trying to explain to teachers, particularly primary, is that you know how this not just uh, John Holt says about this. You know, when somebody's getting something wrong, start delving around, mm. find where they're getting. What is yeah. the mis? We talked a lot last night about misconceptions. What misconceptions have they got? How do I put that right? Yes. And without without non-examples and, and bad misconceptions, teachers are missing those things. Abs absolutely. So I think it's a fantastic thing to do. We're encouraging us to, to use it a lot of their lessons. Oh, superb, fantastic. That's a it's a big four there. You've gone for there. That's, that's yeah, yeah, and number five. Oh, you got. <laughs> Is, um, sorry, that was Jonathan Hall, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maths by And the other one is Maths Visual, Barclay Everett. Oh, yeah, I don't know this one. Yeah, this guy just sees numbers the way I do. Uh, he makes wonderful um, animations. And I'm, I'm trying to get our nursery and year one uh, reception, year one teachers to look at them and use them in their lessons. It's just terrific. He just sees maths how I do about things moving and coming together and disappearing. And If you haven't seen that, have a look. It's, it's great. Jeez, I'll check that I out. I have to put that in. That's superb. Well, that just about brings us to the end, Bernie. So I don't okay. know about you, but I've had an absolute cracking time. I've forgotten is, these people are even here. This Craig. has it's been, been an absolute. Pleasure. This has been brilliant. And just again, I, I didn't tell the story at the start, but the, the backstory behind this was I, um, the night before the Kettering Maths Conference, I was having a drink with Mark McCourtin in the bar of the, the Premier Inn, and uh, he asked me what sessions I was going to the, the following day, and I, I mentioned a session I was going to in session three, and he goes, "No, you're not going to that one. You, <laughs> you're going to see Bernie." And I, again, I'd, like, I'd looked in the program and I thought, okay, that sounds fairly interesting. And I went to it and it was, it was a game changer because it was, well, as I said in the Takeaway podcast at the end of it, whenever you've got four-year-olds solving simultaneous <laughs> equations, some, something interesting is going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. And this, for me, has just been an eye-opener into a whole world of different ways of approaching things that I just, for whatever reason, have never engaged yeah. with. And this, this has opened the door, and it's a door that I'm looking forward to going through. Great. And this has been, yeah, I've, I've absolutely loved every minute of this. So thank and, you and so, so much. Have I. It's been brilliant. Thank you. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. And a massive thank you to both Mark McCourt and OUP for helping. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. Brilliant. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
Um, I want to just, I mean, God, God almighty, there's so much I could talk about here, but I, I want to focus on one thing in particular. And, and I hope, I hope this makes sense what I'm trying to say here. And this, this is a question that's been rattling around in my head. And um, I would have thought before the interview, if you'd have said to me, what's, what's going to be the big unanswered question? It would be this idea of an exit strategy. And I love that phrase of it. How do I move the kids away from a reliance on these manipulatives and all these visual ways of doing things? Because at some point, I want students to be able to do, add and subtract negative numbers, for example, or solve simultaneous equations in the way that I can do it. Because I think it's an efficient way of doing it. And also, whether you buy into uh, cognitive load theory, the limits of working memory, whatever, I think... I'd find it hard to hear the case against that being able to see something like negative five add on uh, three is equal to negative two. I'd just be able to look at it and know that without having to get the counters out, flipping them both sides and all that kind of thing. So at some point, I want to move students to be able to, to do it fluently, to be able to do it automatically and so on. But I think Bernie sold me on that one. I think using the counters as a way to, to introduce the concepts, to, to give them to students so that they can um, work with it in their initial stages of understanding. And then to almost, it's quite nice because they almost slowly wean themselves off it themselves because whenever they start to get these questions right and reflect back on them using using the counters, they then start to, to piece together in their own mind, perhaps more efficient ways of doing it, which they can then test out, hypothesize with the counters and so on. So the counters become a really nice way into this, a way into the more kind of formal algorithmic, for want of a better phrase, of doing things. But they're there to reassure students, to so students can check, test things out, formulate discussions and so on and so forth and as Bernie said you can always go back to them we don't want to whiz these off the kids too fast and there's always a way to go back to whether it's to to reinforce a concept to tackle a misconception or to build on to introduce a new one so I'm reasonably happy with the, with the exit strategy side of things but I'll tell you the thing that I've been thinking and I, I should say I'm recording this a good month or so um, after the um, the interview itself and I've, I've, I've listened to it back and the question that still remains for me is, is this, is this approach to teaching mathematics, so some of the strategies that Bernie showed, is it something you can dip into? You can pick and choose. I'm going to use a bit of that for this topic. I'm going to use a bit of that for this topic. Or is it an all or nothing thing? And, and my teaching at the moment is pretty much nothing of, 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 of the things that Bernie, Bernie demonstrated. So can I start dipping into this or do I need to adopt it kind of whole school. Um, so I relate this to bar modeling. And if you haven't listened to my interview with Paul Rowlandson that I did, that was kind of a, a ratio bar modeling special. I think that bar modeling is one of those things that you can dip into if you want to. So if you want to um, help students be part of ratio, sharing in a ratio, for example, then I think you can use bar modeling um, in isolation for that particular concept. And that may be a controversial view. People may be screaming at me here, left, right and center. But I've certainly dabbled with that to say to students who struggle, perhaps even in year nine or year 10, who've never met a bar model before. I can say, here's an approach that may help you distinguish between the questions where, because we know students, whenever they get a sharing and a ratio thing, add the parts together, divide by the total amount, multiply by something, cross your fingers and hope for the best. But all it takes is a little twist in the question and it all goes to part. Bar modeling, I think, can be a really nice way for students to set out those questions and realize the difference between those questions. Um, and I know, 
having been on a couple of courses and spoke to people far more and knowledgeable than me, that you can take bar modeling so much further than that. You can do it for fractions, for percentages, and so on and so forth, for worded problems. Um, but I think it's one of those approaches that you can almost take in isolation and say, I'm gonna use this as a tool for helping my students understand this particular um, rather narrow area of mathematics. But what about the approaches that we saw from Bernie? So I mean, the first thing to say is, and I say this often, and I genuinely mean this, whenever I'm lucky enough to, teach to, pro uh, to talk to primary school colleagues, one of the first things I say is, God almighty, you deserve a medal because you could not pay me uh, enough money, I don't think, to teach particularly early years or, or key stage one students because I don't know where you begin. I don't know where you begin to, to help them understand what number is and, and the concept of addition and, and the basics of place value and, and so on and so forth. So of all the stuff that Bernie showed me, what, one thing I was thinking straight away was look, simultaneous equations. So that third demonstration. Because I've, I've taught many, hundreds of students over the years who've really struggled with simultaneous equations. And whenever I saw Bernie modeling it, and particularly when, even if I tried to come up with a tricky one that had a negative answer in it, or one of the, uh, one of the simultaneous equations had a subtract x in there, he was still able to do it in a consistent way. So I'm thinking to myself, whilst I'm watching Bernie in action, brilliant. I can use this in a similar way that I can use bar modeling for ratio. I can take it in isolation. I can say to students, if you struggle with simultaneous equations, here is an approach that's going to work. But then here's my problem with that. And it came, hopefully it came, came across in the interview. To be able to use that approach for solving simultaneous equations successfully, and crucially to understand what you're doing, you need so much prior knowledge that's been built up by using this approach over years and years and years. You need the concept of the zero pair, and that's nothing that can be taken for granted, and that comes in when you introduce negative numbers using the counters. But you also need the concepts of scaling, and that comes in even earlier than that. So unless students have been brought up on this diet, then the foundations aren't there that I can then come in and say, oh, here's a wonderful way to solve simultaneous equations because for them to be able to use that, they need to fully understand all that's come to that, all that's come before to get them to that stage when they can do that. And that's why Bernie can, can use um, these techniques with six-year-olds and seven-year-olds because they're, they're familiar with zero pair, they're familiar with scaling. Whereas I come in with year 11s who in theory are, should be better mathematicians, far more experienced mathematicians, but because they haven't got these building blocks in, these, these concepts of zero pair and scaling, then they probably can't access this method, these methods or these approaches. So it probably does need to be everything. There, are, there may be bits that we can dip into, and Bernie teased a few things about teach ratio in 10 seconds or something like that. So there may still be bits that I can dip into. But I'm thinking now this needs to be a long-term approach. This needs to be a long-term approach. And whenever we talk long-term, we, we talk coherence as well. It needs to be a coherent approach. And this brings me back to a recurring theme that, that's come up on, on this podcast time and time again. And that is consistent approaches within maths departments. Now, I, look, I can only talk from a secondary perspective, but possibly it's the same and at primary as well. Um, one of the questions I've started asking when I'm lucky enough to visit and work with maths departments is... Do you have, for example, um, a departmental way of teaching solving equations or a departmental way of teaching ratio? And I would say, on average, you're looking at about one in five departments who say yes. 
And again, in some of the schools I've been lucky enough to work with, it's only recently that we've started to look at this and, and think, yeah, we need a, a coherent, consistent way of doing this. And it's controversial uh, because teachers have their preferred way of doing things and it, it needs discussion. It needs uh, people convincing, people having their opportunity to, to have their say. But the more I think about it, the more I, I, I come to the conclusion that the departments need consistent, coherent ways of teaching core concepts such as algebra, such as ratio, possibly such as percentages uh, as well. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Um, on a practical reason, it means that if students ever move class, then they don't have to learn a brand new technique. Um, if teachers move on or if teachers decide, for example, in year seven not to carry on their class through to year eight, it's not a case of starting again uh, with, with a completely different method. Um, it also makes joint planning and, and discussions in departmental meetings a lot easier whenever everyone's doing it uh, the, the same way. But let's take this conversation I've had with Bernie now. Again, if well, coherence and long-term vision is the key to this, well, it's not going to be enough for one teacher just to say, I'm going to start dabbling with some of these approaches because if then those students move class or, or move teacher or something something else happens further down the line, then again, will, will all this have been in vain or worse, will, will it have confused them even more because then they're having to learn a completely different approach to doing it. So yeah, I, I don't know where to go with this. Um, I, I've, I'm, I'm sold on the power of this. But I think I'm also convinced that this has to be something long term and it has to be something done in a coherent, consistent way with, with everyone on board. And I know through my own experience of trying to introduce ideas from, from my book, even within my own department, that can be a difficult thing to achieve. So hopefully this interview, this conversation, as um, certainly for, for naive secondary colleagues like myself, and uh, God, I'm not lumping every secondary colleague in, in the same boat as me. There'll be people out there who knew all this before, but uh, God almighty, I'm certainly not one of them. Hopefully this has kind of opened their eyes. It's, it's certainly opened my eyes to the possibilities of these approaches, and hopefully it can kickstart some conversations within departments about whether people are going to try out these things, um, and it can be something that can lead to a really fruitful discussion. Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, once again, I want to pass on a few thanks. So thank you to Bernie for taking the time to, to be on this. Now, but Bernie was worried that he wasn't going to come across well. And whenever he saw the first take and the first cut of this, he's like, oh, God, no, made all these mistakes. Bernie was flipping brilliant. So if you see Bernie or you can tweet Bernie, I've put uh, the link to his Twitter handle in the show notes. Just tell him how wonderful he is because he, he was absolutely brilliant and it was a, a pleasure to, to just watch him in action and, and listen to him, talk to him and learn from him. And massive thank you to, to OUP for hosting this. Um, and and uh, we had a nice meal the night before and the, the video technician was absolutely brilliant. It was, it was a fa fantastic day at OUP. So thank you for doing that and supporting, supporting this particular episode. Thanks to Mark McCourt for setting this up, he, he essentially forced me to go and watch Bernie and um, the first time that, that um, Bernie was talking at a maths conference that I was at and it was a game changer for me. So thank you for that, Mark. And I hope I um, kind of did you justice in, in getting, showcasing Bernie's brilliance to as many people as possible. And um, thank you to podcastthemes.com for the jazzy music that you've heard throughout the show. And a big, big thank you to you, my loyal listeners for listening and possibly even watching this podcast. As I say, if you like this format, if this is something that you want to see again, 
and whether it's with Bernie or someone else or a different area of mathematics or something like that, let me know because I, re I really, really enjoyed it. Perhaps it's my uh, long-held childhood ambition to, to be on TV um, and this is my kind of one millimeter step towards achieving that dream. But I'm certainly up for doing this again because I think it adds an extra dimension to the uh, to, to the podcast when you can actually see things in action. So, so let me know either on Twitter or drop me an email or if you see me uh, hanging around somewhere, let me know if you want me to do these these kind of things again and I'd, I'd certainly be up for considering it. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now. Um, thanks so much for listening or watching. You take care of yourselves and bye for now.